Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Time now for the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Let's get nasty on a Monday. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers and Andrew Marsh and Anthony Stalter. 202 Your Time Check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Is everybody officially done yet? With what? With the Cardinals. Are oh, we good? Yeah. Come on, Anthony. Give your head a uh, shake. Can we can we start? Can we stop with the whole, well, you know, it's a bad division. Let's not sell off anybody. In fairness, the NL Central is a really bad division. Is it? Or are you just a bad team and you're ex- you're expecting it to be well, bad? Well, now, think about what you just said. Mm-hmm. I said it's a bad division. Mm-hmm. Where are the Cardinals located? Fourth. No, in that division. <laughs> it's a bad division. <laughs> just, just a blanket statement. Okay. Yeah. I'm not necessarily asking you guys this because I feel like... Oh, I'm out. Look yeah. at the hat that I'm wearing. Yeah, he's I'm already ready for football He's season. ready for you're football You're really season. out if you're wearing that hat. Yeah. Like, hey, it's know, division champs last year, yeah, the Minnesota Vikings. About? Celebrate. 2022. Hang the banners. Raise that banner. Let's go. <laughs> this team likes to raise the division banners all the time. Uh, Jamie. So angry. Are you officially done? That's, that's our question today. Like apathy. Okay, so here... I thought that was comical this weekend. Define done. Because I, I think... I just want to clarify. So okay. define done. Are you still angry? Like, does this weekend anger you at all? Yeah, it does. Okay, then you're not then. You're not, but, but you're not done, necessarily done. So I'm done on thinking that the Cardinals can make playoffs. Sure. It doesn't mean I'm done as a fan and wanting this team to win. But this team this team has been dead on arrival since April. I understand, now, that, but I still take... want them. Anthony, I wake up in the morning and I yeah. hope... I hope that they can play better. Then. So you're not done then. But I'm done on thinking they're going to do anything productive. Okay, you're done. You're done on. Yeah, like, but I'm not. Them I'm winning. not done f- being a fan because, like, if no, I watch the games no. at night, I want the Cardinals to win. I understand that, but I'm actually tired of watching this specific team. Well, that was bad this weekend. I will say that. Like, there's no lot. There were the. It's weekend at Bernie's again. How does that happen? Still by haven't the way? seen it. Just out of curiosity, how does that happen? This is a couple of weekends now where you haven't just sat down and watched Weekend at Bernie's. I've had a lot of things going on. Like what? Ethan, I wasn't even in town last weekend. Last weekend, but this this last two days, what I were you doing? I went to the pool. Oh, come on, Marsh. Was it a really nice pool or was it a pee pool? No, it was a nice pool. It wasn't the pee pool that uh, just, we saw this weekend. Just wanted to see if the Cardinals were there with you. Anyways. No. <laughs> no. Watch this uh, this past weekend. I just laugh. Like, this is... this. I don't think it's funny. Why can't you? Why can't you get to the point if you're a front office and say, "Not, not anymore. We have screwed the pooch. This is the wrong collection of players." 
So and, what do you want them to do? Anything? And look, I want the I want answers at the trade deadline. Okay, but fine. But like right now, what do you want them to do? I don't know. Try. <laughs> <laughs> you see what I'm saying, though. Like, want them to try. Okay, I do too. I don't know. I don't understand how you win six games in a row. You look inspired. Mm-hmm. The group looked inspired, and then that. You know why? This is the this is that team. I know. This is the team, right? In all seriousness, they come out of the gates in the second half. You're right. They win, they win six in a row. This is the this is the 2023 Cardinals. They beat up on the Nationals and they beat up on who am I missing? The Marlins. Tried to tell you the Marlins aren't bad. The Marlins haven't won since. I... Or yeah, they won yesterday. Excuse me. They beat the Cubs the first game. <laughs> they did. This is where we're at. I know. Are we blaming? The umpiring this weekend. No. Is that where we're Come at? On. No, I blame the Cardinals. Well, the Cardinals, they could have swept. If, They're not a good team. If they would have threw a ball in the eighth inning. That's who I blame. Get Both better. Let's get better. teams had to play out there. And tell me the umpires yeah, are out to get the last place Cardinals. Like, come on. The, the umpires had nothing to do with place. Cody Bellinger going off on, on you this weekend. I mean, look, that was a rough. If you go back to Friday, that was rough with Alec Burleson. Sure. Okay, that was that was rough. You also squandered multiple bases loaded situations earlier in that game, and then in that situation, you got nothing home. This is this is the Cardinals. And then you really cut I don't know what lineup went out there yesterday. My goodness. What got some doing? guys hurt, so I guess you're just giving some playing time to certain people. <laughs> Walker. Oh, he he's his six game Hold hit on. streak. When the hell did Taylor Motter get back here? Tyler Motter. <laughs> Todd Todd yes. Motter. What is, which ha- one when? is it? Tyler Motter. Taylor. 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 Yeah, that's it. Taylor. When I saw the lineup, I'm like, when did he come back? He got DFA'd and then he re-signed with Memphis. And then apparently they called him up. When? I don't know, Anthony. How does this guy continue to get not only back on the roster, he gets playing time? Anthony, let me take you behind the curtain here for a second, okay? Please. That's where you like to be, is behind the curtain, inside information. Uh, I was driving to beautiful Wisconsin, and I happened to get a text message, and I kind of opened it, and at the same time it flipped open the notifications. I saw the Cardinals lineup, mm-hmm. and I said, what the hell is modern? Where, where did he where? come oh. from? When same thing, I I don't know what to tell you. You have nobody else in your organization that you just I don't know want to give a cup of coffee to. Like I get it, you got the forty man, you get you can't make too many can't can't make too many uh, you know moves and stuff. How how is he starting for you on a Sunday at Wrigley Field? You have Taylor Motter and three catchers on your team. You're right. wondering why you're in fourth place <laughs> in the National League Central. And the offense AKA, hasn't yeah. been the problem. <laughs> no. Like the, what what universe are we in with this Cardinals team? You thought someone was traded yesterday. I, I thought for I, I sure. Put, I put the lineup in our group chat and you go, someone must have been traded. Oh, something's happening right now. No, no they just wanted to get a modern an opportunity. He needed a few ABs. Goldie needed a day off, get him off his feet. And right. Walker, he had his six-game hit streak snap, so in true benched. fashion, screw you. You should have got to seven. You're if benched. you're not going to get a single, Jordan, if you're not going to get a single for us, sit over there and think what you're not going to get a 112-mile-an-hour scooter up the middle. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the 20 scooter. He hit a home run in the series. He did. He, he did. did. I'm yeah. facetious. He did. You know, it's funny. He did. It was Thursday when he hit the yeah. home run. Uh, that was the same day I called him Singles McGee. Yeah, and you said you'd trade him. <laughs> I didn't say I would. Tra- well, 
Yeah, did. I did actually. Yeah. I did. Yeah. yeah. You said, did. Yeah. You, well, maybe you guys. Did you hear Katie Wu no. with with Pecan Ferrario? She said, it. "I don't know. I don't know if she, if he's necessarily untouchable." That's what Katie Wu said at the Athletic. Wow, the Cardinals have spread different information than that. No, yeah. who knows? It's another cold, dead hand situation. Apparently, is it? Yeah. Is it that? I think Mo regrets that like at all. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, I do. I don't think you ever say that about any player no. because of the way things can turn so quickly. I I would if I were Mo, especially with this fan base that I mean, this fan base is is irate right now and rightfully so. I wouldn't hype up any prospects. Say we'll see. He could be Why? good. <laughs> he could be good. He could be bad. We don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I don't know. I um. Do you want to hear Katie Wu on Walker, brother? We do we have this? I, yeah, absolutely. All right, here's Katie Wu about, I don't know, half hour ago, 45 minutes ago with BK and Ferrario talking about Jordan Walker. I'm going to push back a little bit, and I am not prepared for what this is going to do with the text line, but luckily for me, I don't have to read that, just you guys do. I'm not sure if Jordan Walker is considered 100% untouchable at this point, because when you look at... I, I will go on the record and say I don't feel the Cardinals have put him in the best position to succeed in the outfield. I think he's had to learn and adapt at the major league level at a very, very fast pace, and that is really hard to do for a 21-year-old who has, up until this point, played the outfield professionally for almost a year. So he's not even had a full calendar year of experience. They switched him to the outfield in Springfield last year at last year's trade deadline. It is really difficult to go out there and succeed in that position. However, what we've seen from Jordan Walker over the last four months is that outfield is probably not his position in the big leagues. He's an exceptional defender at third base. He can also play first base, and we can go on and on about his offense. But what do the Cardinals have locked down at third base and first base? They have their cornerstone faces of the franchise. You can long-term DH him, but that doesn't really fit with what the Cardinals do in terms of their lineup flexibility. So they would certainly hate for Jordan Walker to go, but I don't think he's regarded as 100% untouchable at this point. Can we get into this? Please. Let's get it. Let's get into this because I don't think I don't think the Cardinals are trading Jordan Walker, and I don't think that's necessarily what Katie is suggesting. But what one of the things that Katie did did allude to there is one of the bigger problems the Cardinals have that that doesn't include pitching. So let's let's get into that next in the fast lane on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I don't know about you guys, but I'm at the point that I watch the first inning or so and watch her defense beat the ball around. Throwing it like a look, look like a little league team. Pitcher can't throw at the first base. Come on now. It's a little PFP action. We should be working that in spring training. But uh, I usually watch about the first few innings and just laugh and then turn it off because that just makes me angry. All right, that was Bobby leaving us a mic drop. I'm with Bobby on this. You're watching these games over the weekend. You're like, really? Really? But it's a you problem. It's a me problem. Why are we watching this crap? <laughs> you want to send a message? Don't go. Don't watch. <laughs> You're that guy now. What do you mean that guy? Well, what other send way? Send him a message. You, don't, what don't other you way, give Jamie? Them your money. What other way? What? 
People are like, oh, you guys don't hold Mo accountable. Hey, uh-huh. you don't hold Mo accountable because you're going down to Bush Stadium and you're still giving your money away for this product. This is on you. This is your fault. It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stalzer. Appreciate everybody tuned in today. 216, your time check is brought to you by Collection Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. So we just got done talking about, uh, at the end of the last segment, talking about Katie Wu. And Katie was talking about the the log jam that the Cardinals essentially have. And she threw out, I don't know if Jordan Walker is necessarily untouchable. What? All right. Well, I mean, if the... If, if some team came to you with an ace, you know, would you would would you would you give up Jordan Walker in a deal for an ace? Uh, maybe you have to at least Who's entertain it. Uh, because the for, ace me, is for me, is Spencer deal... Strider. How old is he? Twenty four. Second year in the league. Yeah. Already received Cy Young votes last year. Absolute stud. All yeah, already. A stud. I, I, look, I already know your answer based on the fact that you're you're hard selling me mm. Spencer Strider right now. I'm just saying you couldn't be any more transparent if you tried. It's never going to happen. But I'm just for the, for the Braves. For I'm the just Braves looking team. at how how unique it is to have someone like Jordan Walker at 21 years of age mm-hmm. that is contributing as much as he is. You can you can certainly critique his defensive play all you want because there's plenty of plenty there to talk about, and we can kind of poke fun at 112 mile an hour line drive ground balls that get him base hits, but he's still he's hit what, twelve home runs this year? No. Has he? I don't know. Walker? Maybe. No, it's under no. ten. Yeah. Okay. Brendan Donovan, I think, is at twelve. No. Yeah, you're thinking of Brendan Donovan. Maybe I am or maybe things so. either way, I, he's hit more home runs than I thought he would in his first year. And he has nine. Nine. Oh, I was way off. Yeah, I was, oh, I was way off, Anthony. Nah, I mean you, you can't give him double digits when he's on double, get there double soon. digits. He will. But he does have the pop. So, anyways, back to my original thought is that at 21 years old and where he is right now in his career, it's very unique. And so for me, Spencer Strider would be very enticing when you talk about a young pitcher. But it would have to be somebody like that. Mm-hmm. 23, lots of team control left. It's already a difference maker that you could build around for the next three, four, five years, maybe longer if he becomes a guy that you want to keep. Yeah. But otherwise, man, it's, it's really difficult to include Jordan Walker in a trade right now. You just don't know what you truly have yet yeah. in him. And again, I don't think I don't think it's going to happen. I think to Katie's bigger point, she's talking about what do you, what are you going to do? Where are you going to play all these guys? You've got Brennan Donovan, when, and I'm talking about when everybody's healthy. Okay, don't don't talk to me right this second because I know Tommy Edmonds on the IL. I know mm-hmm. Brennan Donovan can't play. Uh, any anything outside of DH right now because of his, I'm talking about when everybody's healthy. You got Brendan Donovan, you got Tommy Edmond, you've got Jordan Walker, you got the Newt, you got Dylan Carlson, Taylor Motter. I mean, you got to have a playing time for Taylor Motter. Mm-hmm. We know this because the organization loves this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, untouchable, untouched. He's on. You talk about untouchable. Hey, would you it's guys, the Mott man. It's not Taylor Motter's fault. Don't do that. He's a professional baseball player who's trying to earn money. Did Marsh and I say anything about Motter that the wasn't true? The way you said it, Anthony, was hurtful to the Motter family. Come on. I, yes, it is. Give me a break. Grow up. Okay, Motter family. I'm sorry. Get Jamie Motter over here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Where, you, where, you, where, are all these, where are all these guys playing next year? 
didn't even mention Tyler O'Neill. We're assuming he gets dealt next week. Mm. Who knows? Maybe some team doesn't doesn't give you any of the, any anywhere close to what you're looking for him. I do think DeYoung's going to go. That's going to free up one spot. And maybe they don't bring up Mason Wynn. Maybe they just move Tommy Edmond back to short for for the rest of this year. But what are you going to do next year if Mason Wynn is ready? He's your starting shortstop of the future. Plus, you got Nolan Gorman. You only got one DH spot. And half the time, you got to play Wilson Contreras there because apparently, you know, he, he can't catch without falling over, according to the Cardinals. Trade him. Yeah, trade him. Who the hell wants him? Ah, uh, Anthony. A lot of teams that would line up for Wilson Contreras if the Cardinals ate half the country. <laughs> <laughs> and even then, who knows? <laughs> Houston, the Houston, Houston had a deal done. The owner was like, "Yeah, let's do it." Or the GM last year at the deadline said, "Let's do this thing, Cubs." And then somebody stepped in. I think it was Baker. It was probably Dusty Baker. Is like he can't catch. They're like, "Oh wait, you know what? Forget it." You could have had Will Contreras last year for a stretch run. Nobody made a deal for him. Mm-hmm. And in this off season, I don't know who the Cardinals were were bidding against. And this is nothing against Contreras. I think Nobody. the guy can hit. I don't think they were bidding against anybody, no. to be honest. Like, not really. Like, somebody maybe was kicking the tires. I think the Cardinals just came in with the sledgehammer when they didn't need to. Yeah, they fell in love. They had one dinner with and the they guy. they wanted to make sure yes. that they got this guy. Right. Because the Sean Murphy experiment had failed, mm-hmm. and I think John Mosellock and the staff, the entire staff, started to panic a little bit because they were like, we didn't get Sean Murphy because the asking price we feel was too high. Right. Or they didn't like our deal and they took they did the whole three-way trade and got what they needed that way. Now what? Mm-hmm. If we don't get Wilson Contreras, what's our pivot? Right. Because we have no faith in Herrera at the time. We don't think Kisner's the guy either. Mm-hmm. Really, they went with the worst option. And, and this is total hindsight because I liked, I liked the signing. I still I like Wilson Contreras. I like him. I like him. I don't as like a him at the price tag. Right. Well, I like him as a competitor. I'm not. I'm not going to talk out of both both sides of my mouth here. I like the signing. I, I thought you know everything he was saying. I didn't. I didn't realize that they will would eventually say this guy this, this this guy doesn't fit from a catching standpoint. But Jamie, when you take a step back mm-hmm. and look at it, they went with they went with like the worst option because had they gone with Sean Murphy and gave up Newt or whoever. They would have freed up some spots that we're now talking about, or, and actually got a catcher that catches, or if you went with a Christian Vasquez or a one-year deal or maybe a two-year deal defensive guy, you would at least had that that pure catcher, and then if you if Herrera did start to hit, you could balance that out, and you, you're not five years now committed. To Wilson Contreras, so they chose they chose like the worst option in hindsight. Yeah, but okay. So in fairness, now when when you go back and look at this, and what I'm not I'm not necessarily arguing with you here. I'm kind of alongside you, but just highlighting different things here. What I'm highlighting now is the Cardinals knowing that they needed to get more offense from the catcher position. Mm-hmm. The Cardinals knowing that Albert Pujols wasn't going to come back with his second half miraculous run. They needed some pop in the lineup. They, they just didn't have – Nolan Gorman was like – he was kind of on the trading block. You're right, yeah. He couldn't – I mean, he was swing or miss. That's it. Mm-hmm. Like, that was it. Yeah, home run or strikeout was basically what he had become to the point where everybody, almost everybody's moving on from him. 
So what now? You needed to try and improve your offense, and I think the Cardinals thought we're getting a seasoned catcher. May not be the greatest defensive catcher league, but we're going to get some offense from the bat. Yeah. Offense we didn't get from Yachty. Offense we did get from Albert. And so he's not going to be Albert Pujols, but he's going to give us some some pop somewhere in the middle of the lineup that we desperately need. Right. No, you're right. So I think they got enticed by that as well. Yeah, they sold out for the offense. Like, they hey, did. we we can we can put the the sledgehammer to the fly here and really get somebody hit in the middle of the order. Jamie, you're you're absolutely right. And it's really it's really good perspective. Now you're essentially stuck with him. I don't think it's a a disastrous thing. The guy can still hit. But are you going to be committed if Herrera is ready to go to move Contreras to to almost a full time DH spot? Is he going to be okay well, as a with DH, that? He's not one. He, his numbers aren't really there, and two, his salary is like way way higher than it should ja- ever be. Jamie, you're not wrong, but the money has already been spent. I know. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're not wrong, but you've already walked down this this alley now. So you're gonna to have to make the best of it. I think overall, to your point, the Cardinals sold out on on offense. And what we saw from this past year in the NHL, we saw a ton of high flying offense. And we mentioned the Blues. You know, some they may have zagged while the other team zigged and whatnot. But yeah. at the end of the day, the team that won the Stanley Cup, well, how did they win? They defense. won with defense, and they got good goaltending. At the end of the day, with baseball, it comes down to pitching and defense, and this team does not have that. They yeah. they strayed away from it. You can have all the offense in the world. And they did. We saw that on Saturday. They still couldn't win. Right. Because their bullpen with... got blown up. <laughs> yep. Why? You look at Miles Michaelis, Jordan Walker, and I we hate to criticize him in the outfield because it's not his position. Right. But you know, he he makes a play and maybe Miles Michaelis saves a few pitches. Mm-hmm. And now your bullpen is saved. It's it's all it's a domino effect, and that's why this team has struggled all season long. Yeah. You're right. That's Andrew Marsh, Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stalter. It's the Fast Line on 101 ESPN. So we kind of referenced the trade of Wilson Contreras. We'll tell you who had that report. Plus, you got Adam Wainwright on the bump tonight. He makes his return. There's really only two questions that I have when it comes to Wayno. I'm throwing them at you next on 101 ESPN. The smartest way to do your homework is Heckman Warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, Trex, evergreen, and Azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber is an authorized Yeti dealer and also stocks a large assortment of grills, so celebrate summer with a new big green egg, Weber gas, or charcoal grill, and all of the accessories from Hackman Lumber. Come visit their showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Hey guys, Kyle Chris. 
So, you know what? I met Mr. DeWitt one time, and I actually thought he was a man committed to winning and pleasing the fans, and now I am not sure of that. Because there is no way you keep Bowtie in this disaster of a team he created. He didn't create the 2011 team. What he's got right now, he should just be embarrassed about. That was, well, as you're Cottleville Chris here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. This is always a, a tricky situation, Jamie, because we know, and I, and I think even, I don't want to speak for Chris, but diehard Cardinals fans know that the ownership here in St. Louis, they care. They they put a they usually put a good product on the field. But there is this, and has been over the last, I don't know now, six, seven years, this, this push and pull with the fan base and how they feel about the organization, the direction, and the vision of it. Jamie, you're a business owner. You're, you own multiple businesses, in fact. You know what it takes to be profitable. And this is a big business. Massive. No owner in any sport gets into professional sports to lose money. And I think that when it comes to a proud fan base like we have here in St. Louis, with either you know the Blues or the Cardinals, we want to almost romanticize about how the owners are just purely for the fans. And the team, you know, Ted Lasso style, this, this is for you, fans. We're just borrowing it, you know? But there is, there is profits. There is a margin. There is a budget. Can they stay within that budget and make their profits and also be more aggressive with their moves? Or just better overall with their decision-making? Yeah, and I think that's kind of where the conversation starts, at least in in my viewpoint, Jamie. What can you do to be a smarter organization so you don't have to get to the point like the Phillies and the Mets are, or the Padres, where you're just spend, 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 because that clearly isn't working either. Yeah, I think that there's some decisions internally that, look, if you look at their overall payroll, we talked about this last week, Pound for pound for small or mid-market franchises, they're at the top of the list. Mm-hmm. Padres would be at the top of that because they're spending frivolously. Just whatever the hell they want, they just spend. Then I think the Cardinals would be right there behind them as far as pound for pound. But what the Cardinals have done wrong, in my opinion, for this season, a couple things. One, with without considering money in this, they just didn't get the pitching that they needed. Now, add the money into it. I'm going to talk about Adam Wainwright. Um, they gave him $17.5 million. I don't know if they needed to do that. I think a $10 million deal would have been just fine. And do you think Adam Wainwright's going to retire four games shy at that point of 200 over, you know, $7.5 million? I know it sounds like, well, that's a lot of – it's an, an exorbitant amount of money. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But was he going to say, no, I'm just going to ride off into the sunset then because the Cardinals will only give me $10 million? I highly doubt it, especially with the way the season ended yeah. for him. I know the overall numbers were good, but so, the last seven, eight starts were That's 7.5 there that you can re- put back on the books and maybe look somewhere else. And then the Contreras disaster. Mm-hmm. Like, did, was the number, did the number have to be that high? Yeah. Like, who were you actually bidding against? Boy, you're right. You're over $100 million on two players. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Because we don't, we don't really view the Wayno conversation, the Wayno contract as one where you toss in the last offseason. We just think of Contreras. You're, Jamie, you're spot on. So you're, that's what 
when you're in business, you look at ways to, without increasing the price of sales on something, you look for how can I create better margin? Mm -hmm. And you create better margin by consolidating things, right? So right now, if you have Wayno and Contreras making up to this hundred million overall, well, that's a hundred million. That's found money. Yeah. Now you wouldn't have been a hundred overall because it's seven point five, in my opinion, for for Wayno, and then you didn't have to spend as much money on Contreras. Maybe you get a little bit less. Maybe you're maybe you're recouping a total of twelve to thirteen, maybe fifteen million dollars a year. Mm -hmm. That's a pitcher. It's a pitcher right there that you could have gotten without changing a thing, Anthony. You didn't lose Wayno and you didn't lose Contreras right. because you overpaid for both of them. If you don't overpay, you'd be able to put another pitcher in your rotation. Mm -hmm. So maybe the thought process of that needs to be revisited by the sure. Cardinals of what we're spending on players that we know we're already going to get. And to come full circle on our conversation, then maybe your fan base doesn't feel like you, you didn't do anything or you didn't do enough. You spent the two. You spent because you did. You spent money, mm -hmm. but you spent money on two players. One of which, unfortunately, Wayno, when he starts tonight, Wayno's got a, an ERA over seven. I hope for his sake that he was dealing with a, a sh some shoulder irritation. It doesn't matter, but you hope that you get something out of him over the next couple of months. And really, it's not about the Cardinals anymore. For me, I got there's really two questions. One, can he get to the 200 wins? He just needs two. Can you pitch well enough? And I think he will. Can you pitch well enough to get the two wins to get to 200? And the other question that I have is, will he pitch well enough to get the proper send-off that the fan base wants to give him? That's the only two questions I have with Wayno. Because it's not about anymore like, well, can he pitch like a four? Can he do that 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 ship has sailed. Yeah. Can it not look like what it did in the for muster the first half where it's just I'm sorry, it's an utter disaster. Yeah. I'm worried about the latter. To be honest, sure. And I've been thinking about this actually for a lot of the day, which is weird because I'm. It wasn't the fact of like Cardinals baseball. I was just thinking about Wayno, and I was like, "What if he comes back and nothing's changed? Mm -hmm. What if he gets knocked around? He can't mm -hmm. get out of the second inning tonight. Like now, what? Yeah. Because now he's on record. The team's on record. He's on record saying, you know, uh, I was banged up, and I didn't know how much it affected me, and now I'm ready to go, and I'm like back to where I was before." And then what if something happens? Now what do you do? Like as a fan base, you want to send him off, to your point, mm -hmm. the right way. But as an organization, too, you have to start looking at some things. Not that you're going to DFA Wayno and no, something. Because right, right. the, season, the season doesn't matter at this point anymore. Because I don't think the, Card the Cardinals are not going to make any serious noise in the Central. But I don't know. It's been, in my, it's been lodged in my brain, probably just because of you know, being the former athlete, I, I want him to come back and shove tonight. I would love to see a seven-inning game by Wayno where he mm -hmm. gives up maybe one run, has you know three strikeouts or something, because I'm not expecting the world, but he just shoves out there. That would yeah. be the per perfect scenario. You need your Albert Pujols moment almost to help this fan base through this stuff. Yeah, I agree. And I brought this up in the office. You know, Are we seeing Adam Wainwright even going out there today? Does it look different if this team ends up sweeping the Cubs? They put themselves in a different situation. Like, I wonder how that would have affected the way that he goes about the second half, how they implement him. But now that that this whole weekend happened, yeah. I think it's all it, that, like you said, that ship has sailed, and we can just enjoy Wayno for sure. what he's done in the past years here in St. Louis, and just hope that he can get the 
get to the 200 wins and uh, just be competitive out there, which we know he he, he is. He's a competitor. Um, but, you, of course, you'd like to see that ERA go down just a little bit. Yeah, it's an interesting hypothetical that you threw out there. If if they swept the Cubs, it's moot now, but it, would they still throw Wayno? My my answer to that, my guess would be yes. Mm-hmm. I think it would have been further down the line, though. I think they would, Maybe. Have, I think yeah. they would have mandated that Wayno get a start somewhere in sure. Springfield or Memphis, just mm-hmm. you know, to kind of... This that's true. That's true. They was like, all right, a couple of bullpen sessions, he's good to go. Well, they, yeah, they were fun. throwing down in Arizona because he was throwing to Tommy Edmond. You know that that was the yeah. thing that simulated was uh, a simulated game. So maybe, mm-hmm. maybe that always was the case because they are in Arizona for the series. Yeah. So that was always the case, whether or not they would have took three or four, swept the Cubs or whatever. But at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter now. So our sports six-pack is coming up. If you got a question for us, our Air Comfort Service tax line is 314-399-9646. You can also reach us on our YouTube channel at 101 ESPN STL. One of the questions I think we'll lead off with is the Wilson Contreras thing. Bob Nightingale of USA Today suggesting that the Cardinals could trade Wilson Contreras. Do we buy that? So we'll answer that question as well as five more-ish <laughs> for our sports six-pack next on 101 ESPN. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I have a question. It's time for the Fast Lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer the question. Answer the question. Answer me! The Sports Six Pack is refreshed by Maggie O'Brien's. Your go-to Irish pub in St. Louis for over 42 years. All right, time for the Sports Six back here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Jamie Rivers, Andrew Marsh, and Anthony Stalter. Question number one. So, Wilson Contreras popped up in an article or report by Bobby Boogie. Bob Nightingale of USA Today suggesting that he could be one of the players dealt at the deadline. My question is, are you guys buying that? Are you that buying he's available? That, not that he's available, that the Cardinals could trade him. Yeah. Will they have a suitor? No. Okay. There's I mean, no way, right? I'm buying that they're they're taking phone calls. If someone mm-hmm. calls and says, hey, we really like that Wilson Contreras that you gave $87.5 million to. We really need a DH like that on our team. Mm-hmm. Or something like that. Um, but I think, uh, no. Mm-mm. No, not unless the Cardinals eat half the contract, right. which would put Contreras somewhere in the 8 to $10 million range. Even that. Yeah. You're looking at the same problem for a contender. He takes up a spot mm-hmm. that you don't necessarily – you want your DH to, be, to basically be a, a movable piece. Mm-hmm. Somebody that – Offers you flexibility, like, you know, it's a perfect spot to get somebody in there that's that's perfect, uh, you know, lefty righty matchup or, or vice versa. You don't want your DH spot to be completely soaked up by one guy. Mm-hmm. So, I'm with you. I don't think I don't think there's going to be much of a market for Willis Contreras. And from a catching standpoint, he struggled. You know, well, at least the Cardinals have said he struggled. We've seen struggles too. They hurt Behind his own the, value. Exactly. That's the problem. What do you think? He how, how is he going to do go into a different team and right. trying to catch all new pitchers midway through the year? Right, that's not going to work. No. Hey, uh, GM on another team. It's Mo. Um, what do you think, Wilson Contreras? Yeah, 
Yeah, no, we did say that. Yeah. Uh, well, mm, no, he's improved defensively. No, we know he's a veteran. Oh, you saw the games. Okay. I'll call the next guy. Thanks. It all, it almost reminds me value. reminds me of like a like the Tory Krug situation. You know, you can't really do anything right. because of the contract. Well, it's even more like the Tory Krug situation because Contreras apparently has a no trade clause through twenty twenty six. For lack of a better word, you're stuck with him. At least you can hit where you find spots from. I don't know, mm-hmm. but question number two from the three one four has this season affected Wayno's bid? And run for the Hall of Fame. Ah, hmm. uh, no, no, I don't think so. I th- he's got the longevity, you know, he's got good numbers. I don't know if it's Hall. I don't know if he's if he's going to crack the Hall of Fame though. I, I hope so, but I don't know. I, you know what? As far as some of the pitchers that have gotten in there, I just don't know if I, I don't know if I put Wayno in that category. But that being said, I'm sure there's got to, there's there's got to be some statistics that I'm overlooking that put him like right in the mix somewhere because otherwise why would we be having this co- this conversation? Right. Yeah, this is I'm not good. I've always said this. I'm not great with Hall of Fame discussions comparing different players, different eras, and all that. I will say this: if if you're having a conversation about him, this is just my very loose rule on it. If you're having a conversation about it, probably not. Should be automatic. Like you're just like, hey, this guy should be. Yeah, I just feel like when you're having that conversation, it just, you know, I don't know. There's a lot of people that don't think Yachty should be in. Of course, none of those people are are in St. Louis. I think that got smashed. Yeah, I do too. I think people now, in my opinion, I think people are of the opinion that Yachty's a for sure Hall of Famer. Yeah, I think Yachty, Yachty, based on what he meant to the era. You're talking about one of. you're talking about the best defensive catcher mm-hmm. in that era when it still mattered. I think he's he's he is a Hall of Famer. And he's making an impact on the team when he's not even here. Right. We're his, talking his, we're talking about yeah. him just as much now as we did a year ago. 100%. Yeah. Question number 3 from Office Depot Kevin. Hey guys, just wanted to know how do you guys like the camera setup? I haven't noticed that much honestly. I honestly, uh, I don't really think about it. I don't know. From day one, Anthony, we've talked about how we're not going to change anything. Right. Because we're like, well, we sometimes we go like, hey, one more question with an interviewer mm-hmm. guest or, oh, we've got to wrap it up. Or, yeah. oh, I don't want to be caught doing it. I don't care. We decided we don't care. This is, we're taking you behind the scenes here. What you see on the camera for YouTube is what we're doing here in the station. Mm-hmm. So if we do something stupid, you get to see it. <laughs> If we do something great, you get to see it as well. It is what it is. Probably more so the stupidity of it, but yeah, we're I, dumb. We make jokes. We laugh. No doubt. I do think the cameras do add an element. Like when we're when we're clearly joking, I feel like we we all you know the the segments before we had cameras, the segment would end and we're we're laughing, and then we'd look at the text line, and the text line. Because I don't know, we, we we sold it in some ways. They they think we're being serious and they can't see us. And but now with the YouTube cameras, there's been a couple of segments that we've done where I feel like that now you're kind of in on it. You realize we're joking. You we realize we're going Anthony? over the top. It's a joke to you. This is all a joke. Yeah. The season, the Cardinal season. Yeah. No, this whole thing. The show. Yeah. Yeah. 
Wow. Anthony doesn't respect the cameras well, and how they're supposed to stay where they're at. No, he, got he got reprimanded oh, yeah. the other day. So I'm did. making sure all the, the listeners got to see and the, the viewers got to see the geese that were walking well, they didn't, by. Actually, they got to see a two by six because the camera wouldn't make it all the way around. <laughs> Well, these cameras should, you know. Yeah, but yeah right, Drew. Sure. Drew did reprimand me. He was, <laughs> he was ticked off. You should have heard what he said about you when you weren't around. I believe it. Well, I think he said it all in my face, and then I looked at him, and I, you tell him you're sorry. I said I was sorry, and then I started walking away. Oh, did you feel that way? Oh boy. <laughs> and then I closed the door. It's nice of you. All right. Question number four. <laughs> From the 618, Jamie, just watched the movie Miracle for the first time recently. Have you ever had the opportunity to meet anyone from that team or heard any interesting stories about that run? Thanks. Uh, yeah, I don't. I haven't really been able to dive behind the scenes. I met Mike Arruzzioni at a charity event one time. Talked to him. Very, very nice individual. Mark Johnson, I knew him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ken Morrow, one of the defensemen, was one of the scouts with the New York Islanders when I was there. And he used to come on the ice like once every couple weeks, work with the defenseman. Um, Jim Craig, got to meet him and talk to him. He was the most interesting one. Just his whole story with with his mom passing mm-hmm. away and the whole like background to it. So that was kind of cool to to get to talk to those guys. Uh, and Broughton, you know, which I was, which Broughton was Neil it? Neil Broughton. I played with his brother Paul Broughton here in St. Louis, and I got to meet Neil on, on the road one time. Went out for some drinks. So, I mean, cool to talk to these guys and, and be, you know, able to you know, kind of pick their brain a little bit. But no, like, behind the scenes, like, the whole Herb Brooks thing really mm-hmm. wasn't popular when I'd met all these guys. Mm-hmm. Like, the story was there, but the movie hadn't come out yet. Right. Following the movie, like, if I ran into those guys now, now I've got questions, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. more so than, than before, because everything was kind of not hidden, it just right. the world of the internet wasn't around, and yeah. they didn't really let you behind the mm. curtain to see what was going on. You knew the story, but you didn't know the story. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So there's um, a book out from Mike Ruzioni. I actually have the book. I read it. It's really good. There's a lot of behind-the-scenes stories. If anyone does want to check it out, it's The Making of a Miracle by Mike Ruzioni, and it's not too long. It's maybe, I think, maybe like 200 pages, give or take, but there's a lot of stories that go into that entire run and a lot of the stuff in the movie while it is true some of the stuff is tinkered a little bit Mm -hmm. to be dramatized so i think it's definitely which is obvious they put a hollywood spin on it 100 percent. and one of your (laughs) most favorite scenes probably in the movie maybe Uh, didn't happen the way you think it did again anthony that's all i'll say but go and check it out it's a it's definitely a good book you can get it on amazon and whatnot the making of a miracle Um, Mike Ruzioni, so. So this texter watched Miracle for the first time, put in the work, understood that Miracle is great movie, needed to be watched. How does it make you feel, Marsh? Yeah. That you have not watched Weekend at Bernie's, which won an Oscar. Oh, I thought you meant Miracle. Sure I was going to say, I, I put Miracle on just for fun uh-huh. when, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to watch yeah, that makes or sense. the blues. Did you just Whoa, why are the ricochet? Did you just the whisper? ricochet? They're the first team to do it. Yeah, I think they're not I, even the playing right now. F- uh, that team you watched isn't even the same team yeah, anymore. Yeah. It's over with for yeah. them. What's wrong with you? Whatever. In army we this trust. Is, yeah, the blues are like a phoenix rising from the ashes. <laughs> That's are. what they are. The Cardinals right now are the ashes. <laughs> <laughs> but don't worry. A week from now, they too w- will be. Rising 
don't know. That we'll was see. not convincing at all. Anthony, there's a song by Celine Dion called Ashes. Is it? Maybe, yeah. Maybe we should I'll implement that. Yeah. It's, uh, it's pretty funny. It'd probably be your favorite. Celine Dion? Mm. I think we share a birthday. Great, ca- great Canadian girl. Yeah. Question number five. To her? Yeah. No. Maybe no. it's not. Maybe. Not yet. Hmm. Let's see here. From the 618, is there a better <laughs> one-two punch in sports than McDavid and Dreisaitl? Ooh, that's a tough one. Let's see here. If we venture into... Marshy, I'll lean on you for basketball. But, like, Shohei Otani and Mike Trout are probably pretty good one-two punch out there in Anaheim. Yeah, they haven't won anything either. No, they haven't. Mm. No, they haven't. It's basketball. Usually there's a big three. You never hear the big two. If you think of a big two that... uh, has potential, but literally has not amounted to anything. I would think Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Mm. Kawhi Leonard has an NBA championship. Just yeah, but them two George. together, oh. they haven't done anything for the Clippers. So, so I think Otani and Trout are actually really good comparison based on the fact that it's McDavid and Dreisaitl, mm-hmm. and neither team has won anything. Yeah, that's good. And they're clearly the best players in the world. Yeah, good call on that. I don't think there's any in football. Like, it's football. Well, Mahomes too- and Kelsey. I don't know. Like, yeah. I mean, that would be it. If it's pretty, it's a pretty Ooh, awesome combo. A, yeah. You know, it's probably it. Is there a better quarterback, receiver slash tight end combo in the league hmm. than Mahomes? What about Burrow oh, and Chase? Cousins and Jefferson. Cousins and Jefferson. Mm, I think I it's like more Jefferson that. and Kirk throws the ball <laughs> and <laughs> Justin Jefferson jumps over three defenders and catches it. I mean, hey, do what you got to do, right? I would say you mentioned Burrow and Chase. Yeah. I think now you have to put Hertz and A.J. Brown in that conversation. Oh, stop That's it. a good one. No, I mean, stop, stop it. it. I mean, that was, enough. that's pretty Duo won me a fantasy football you league last year. You should focus more yeah. on Kirk Cousins. It all comes back. I should. It all comes back to the the fantasy football for Marshy. (laughs) All right. uh, It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. Speaking of Otani, you mentioned, Jamie, you mentioned Otani. Which teams make sense to push all in for Otani? And would you do it? Would you do it knowing that there's no guarantee he's going to come back next year? You're probably going to part with the hat, like the top of your farm system, just for a rental. Would you do it, though, chasing a World Series? And which teams does it make sense right now to do that? That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Hey, Anthony, it's Ira from Fenton. Over the weekend, we were driving back from Florida 17 hours nonstop, which streaming ESPN the whole way, which is, by the way, is a great way to get your... uh, hours in for all the prizes but during that time it's cards cubs weekend and you can tell how bad the cardinals are by the fact that during that time even with michelle spallman hosting one of the shows not once not once did we get a cardinals cubs update we never got anything that said they were delayed we never got anything that said a score they were completely gone they've gotten so bad that they they don't even get a mention with their biggest rival. And you know, even with the New York bias, of course, of of ESPN Radio, that there would be some sort of mention, to Iris point, there'd be some sort of mention if the Cardinals and Cubs were good. Like if this was 2016, 2015, 
they'd be updating you a little bit because at least that rivalry would be uh, relevant. But right now, it's not. What? It's not. No, not at all. I'm talking about from a national landscape, not not just not here. Well, not here in Chicago, because no. I think they'll always be relevant there. But yes. from a national standpoint, why would you update um, a game between two teams that are third and fourth place in the worst division? Of yeah, it makes no sense. right? Yeah. And I understand Iris' point on it, and thank you for listening, by the way. But if you're ESPN and you got all the NBA stuff that you got to get through, too. Uh... <laughs> well, now it's NFL. Thankfully. Yeah. You know, because I mean, if you're going to choose the either NBA or NFL, right? Yeah. Oh, I'm right? with you. Uh, the the <laughs> Worldwide Network, though, they will be doing, I'm sure, a lot of discussion on Shohei Otani. Now, the latest on Otani is that just as you would expect, the, the Angels are entertaining trading him. John Morosi, uh, not even entertaining, they will. John they Morosi of, of MLB Network report, reports the Angels have discussed Otani trade scenarios with teams in recent days. No word on which team, team specifically the Angels are discussing right now. But the Angels have lost six of their last eight games. They're only a handful of spots of a playoff spot. But, Jamie, to your, what you just said there, they, they have to. They have to deal Otani. My question is this. Which teams make sense right now to part with top the top of their farm system to go after Otani? Because he will shift the entire landscape of the postseason playoff picture, right? Or the postseason picture, I should say. Why? It's not like he's an impact player. There you go. At two positions. Or a pitcher. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but which teams which teams make sense to do so? Well, I think the Texas Rangers make a lot of sense for me. Uh, I like that one. I, I circled that last week. My the, first, the what sparked it was we had Jesse Rogers on here, and he kind of I don't know about you. I won't speak for you or anybody mm-hmm. else who's listening. For me, it like jarred my brain in a different direction when he talked about the Tampa Bay Rays being a team. Yeah, because they really don't care. They've got their their pool of prospects is deep, and they know they're not going to resign Otani. Yeah, so that kind of got my brain spinning like a little one bit. One run, and when I looked at Texas Rangers, I'm like, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine that team with Otani? It would make a and lot got, of sense. Like, they actually, they're actually a team that would consider resigning him because yeah, the they have the pockets. Yeah. So who knows, right? Yeah. But even if they don't, they've got a pretty good pool of prospects that they can offer up. They have some current players that have value that they could ship the other way. Mm-hmm. It's a deep roster, and if you add Shohei Otani, I mean that's a team that could. Could go on and win it. I lo- and they've I, never won it. I love the Rangers pick, Jamie. Look at the landscape of the American League right now. The AL Central, you could just throw right out. No offense to the Minnesota Twins or the uh, Cleveland Guardians, but w- only one team is going to win that one. Mm-hmm. So you've got the Twins. Let's just say the Twins win it. Twins aren't going. They're not going all in. No. They're the Twins. Okay. Then you look at. Then you look in your own division. The Houston Astros are right there. And they're banged up. Okay. So there's two ways to look at that. It's when they get healthy again, Jordan Alvarez and Jose Altuve, they're both hurt, Jamie. So when they get healthy, the Astros are gonna they're gonna be not only nipping at your heels, they're gonna be they're gonna be competitive. They're gonna be full throttle. But they're they're down right now. And the Astros don't have the prospects, at least not the pitching prospects, to get a deal like this done. So the Astros as great as they are, 
they're kind of primed for the taking this year. Because we're only talking about this year with Otani. Mm-hmm. Then you look at the AL East. The Rays make sense for what we discussed. You know which team doesn't make sense to me to take to take on Otani? The Yankees. The, the, no, Yankees for sure. No, because the, the, the Yankees Orioles. aren't good enough. The Orioles. It doesn't? No, here's why. Why? You've got all that young talent in the most competitive division in baseball. Why part with that talent to make one run mm-hmm. when you know the Yankees will always retool, the Red Sox will always retool, the Blue Jays will now always retool, and the freaking Rays are always going to be good. Mm-hmm. No matter what their what their salary is, they'll always be good. I'm not parting with my good young talent to make a half-season run for Otani. Well, and, yeah, it doesn't make as much sense as the Rangers do. They have six top 100 prospects in Major yes. League Baseball. I'm not parting with that right now. It's a lot. And is, Are the Orioles really going to make a run for it? Yes. No, I don't think they will. I think they can make a run for it and keep their young talent. I think that they have had a fantastic season. They're not nearly deep enough at the pitching position. You're right about that. And so I don't see them doing anything major come playoff time. I think the I'm Orioles. I'm sorry, Anthony. About well, maybe the they do pivot, but it's not. <laughs> it's not for a guy like Otani. Though. I'll take that more than the Sharks or something. Yeah. No, I didn't. I just meant. I'm sorry. About your Orioles. Yeah. One team that I do look at, another bird team. What about the Blue Jays? They're right now. They're they're what in six the wild half. card? Yeah, six and a half out in the division. But they're in the wild card, mm-hmm. and. They desperately need a pitcher because Alec Manoa has been nowhere to be found this year. He's on milk cartons. Hey, he had one good start like three starts ago. They have the money. Not not necessarily to re-sign him, although they do, but mm. do they have enough to send the other way in a deal for Otani? I don't know. It's a similar I think it's a similar question like the Braves. The Braves, because of the deals for Matt Olson and Sean Murphy. Their farm system is more depleted now than you think, but they still have some guys that could get a deal done for Otani. The Braves make a lot of sense from the standpoint of, sure, add Otani, <laughs> and then it's you're facing Otani and Strider in every in every in every series. Good luck with that. Yeah. Plus Otani, that's already the best best lineup in baseball. You're gonna have to remove a really good player to put Otani into that. Yeah, you'll have to lineup, take right? an offensive. Player yeah. and sit him on the bench. So the Braves do make a lot of sense. They don't need him though. Well, well yeah, you can t- always take use that Otani. back. Marshy. Yeah, I'd be like, they saying, don't need. That'd him. be like Marsh someone saying, Otani. you don't need McDavid. Yeah, like come on, that's a good point. To trade your entire farm system for him though, you're already locked and loaded right now. You've already paid these guys. You paid Harris. You paid Olson. You paid Murphy. You paid Acuna. You paid Albies. You're, I mean, that's you paid fair. Riley. You paid all these guys. Yeah, you're already committed to this thing. Yeah, this is your team. What about the Giants? I don't know anything about their farm system. I have no uh, idea. So the Giants have just started to rebuild their farm system. They're also they're also using a lot of their guys right now because they have to. Yeah, the Gi- like, I mean, like uh, Matos is their top guy. They also have a pitcher Harrison that is supposed to be a stud. Do they really want to part with it? Because they they don't have. Keep in mind the Giants are like the the 
they're all young guys and one-year deals. That's it. And if they want them, they, they'll just spend for them in the offseason. I wonder if the Giants make more sense in the offseason. Yeah, if they're willing to fork out that money to Carlos Correa, Aaron Judge, like you can yeah. take all that money they didn't pay those guys yes. and give it to Otani. Yep. Can I throw one against the wall here that makes no real sense but makes total sense? Only if we can guess. Yeah, go okay. ahead. So it makes no sense, but it totally makes sense for okay. this team. All right. Um, let's play three questions, Marsh. Sure. Okay. American League or National League? National League. I okay. have an idea of who it is. Well, then, then get, then, then ask him a question. We still got two questions. Do they? Is the color red? No. Okay. There we go. Okay. Well, we eliminated that. You were thinking the Reds. I was actually. Yeah. Okay. Last question. Do you have one more? No. I want you to ask. Are they a current one. division leader? No. Okay. All right, Marsh. You ready? Well, hang on. <laughs> I like this. Game. I need a visual. So you just keep well, talking. If I give you a visual, that's the answer. Phillies, Marlins, Mets. Uh, no Reds. Well, Phillies wear red. They're not. Yeah. Marlins. So we're looking at the Marlins, the Mets, and the which I just talked about the Giants, the Pad- Padres. I think it's the Padres. It makes sense. It doesn't make sense, but it does make sense because they're already pot committed. Mm. I'm going to say the Padres, Marsh. They're not oh, like God. they're already they're already overextended. I mean, yeah. So what's what's I mean, one the what's only, one more? The only team that I could think of that a team that just never wins. They're competitive. They just never win. They have basically one year to kind of go in on it with their pitching. It would be the Milwaukee Brewers. But they're in first place. We've already eliminated that. That's true. So yeah, I guess maybe the Padres. Padres, final answer. I don't think it's that. Bam! Yes! You're they right, though. So. You're right. They're they, five and a they half back. They make no sense, but they do make sense. They're five and a half back in the wild card. Good call. You have to, honestly, you'd have to look at it and go, Shohei Otani's worth five games, at least. Yeah. With the, with the starts that he's going to have and the offense that he's going to bring, mm-hmm. we're already completely over budget. <laughs> we already don't have enough old back patters to tell all the stars they're amazing out here. Right. Let's add one more. Yeah. And in fact... Adding a star of that magnitude almost regulates the pool. You're right. Because nobody else can sit there and act like they're a big dog when the biggest dog in the entire sport is now on your team. That's a good call. So the Tatis Juniors, the Machados, and anybody who's got a little bit of like ego or flair to them, what are you going to do? Oh, you're better than Otani? No. Then mm-hmm. shut up. You got a pretty dynamic one-two punch over there with Otani and Blake Snell. And, and what's his name? Darvish is your third. And, yeah, Musgrove. Uh, Musgrove. That's a, that could be a dangerous, and we talk about pitching. We always talk about the Padres. Like know. you look at them on paper, they're outstanding. But I just that team was only a few wins away from a World Series last year. You got yeah, Juan true. Soto. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come it's, on, it's gross with talent. Xander Bogarts. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You signed yeah. Bogarts. So you got Soto, Bogarts, Machado. Here's the Otani, problem, though. Cronenworth. You already got rid of all your good players, and they they're in they're in Washington right now. You did the same thing last year for Juan Soto. You already depleted yeah. your farm system for Juan Soto to but do exactly what you did last but year. But you may have some roster series. players. You may have some current roster players making good money that go yeah. the other way mm-hmm. because the Angels might say, "Hey, look, we can't afford Otani at sixty million, right? But maybe we can afford three players from the Padres that yeah. equal sixty million. That's interesting. And now the Padres have." You know, gotten rid of maybe some of their yeah. juggernaut contracts that they're mm-hmm. like, yeah. And now they have the option 
of resigning Otani if they want or walking, and now they've regulated mm. their salary. Jamie, you're crazy, but you're crazy like a fox. Thank you. A fox is crazy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Blues uh, Bites next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. All right, I think I called them Blues Bites. So let's take a bite out of those Blues Bits here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. That does sound very no. good, Anthony. That does, huh? I, you know what, Anthony? Coming from you, it actually makes a lot of sense. Thanks, Jamie. Go ahead, Marshy. All right, guys. Fans can now vote through July 31st for who belongs in the second induction class of the Blues Hall of Fame. I'll go through some of the names from last year's 2023 class. You have Red Berenson, Scotty Bowman, Bernie Federko, Bob Gassoff, Glenn Hall, Brett Hall, Dan Kelly, Al McKinnis, Barkley Plager, Bob Plager, Chris Pronger, the Solomons, Brian Sutter, and Gary Unger. This year, the voting list includes Al Arbor, Wayne Babich, David Backus, Jeff Brown, Kelly Chase, Pavel Dimitra, Grant Fuhrer, Barrett Jackman, Curtis Joseph, Mike Liut, Adam Oates, Larry Patey, Jacques Plunt, Rob Ramage, Jimmy Roberts, Brendan Shanahan, Alexander Steen, Keith Kachuk, Pierre Turgeon, and Tony Twist. What are your guys' thoughts on this year's class of players to vote on? Well, that's a lot. A lot of names that I just listed out there. How many get in? What's that? How many get in? I don't know. I don't know if they have a specific number because last year was quite a few. Mm. Look, here's the way I look at the Blues Hall of Fame right now, which, by the way, I'm so glad that, that the Blues are doing this now. Because it does give a chance for franchise players that weren't Hall of Famers to be recognized because yeah. they were great St. Louis Blues players. That means, and then, and you know, they mean a lot to the fan base. Yeah, and I'm hoping that the Blues follow a little bit different criteria than what the Cardinals follow for their Red Jackets. Like the Red Jackets, almost every player was like a Hall of Famer or a borderline Hall of Famer player. Mm-hmm. The Blues so far, with the induction of Bob Gassoff last year, who was just a tough guy, really tough defenseman. You know, his life ended tragically too soon. But also Bobby Plager. Bobby Plager was never a Hall of Famer. Yeah. I mean, he was with his storytelling. But you know, but yeah, but if you're a Blues fan. So I'm hoping that that's kind of the way they continue to where individuals that had an impact on this franchise, whether it was on the ice, off the ice, in the locker room, you know, whatever it is that they're recognized. And I do feel that it's too soon for me to be putting names like Bacchus, Jackman, Mm -hmm. Steen, like they'll get their, they'll, they'll get their jackets in due time. There's absolutely no doubt in my mind. They're all quality individuals, but let's, let's back it up. For me, it's like, let's progress through the eras first. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, we the sixties short lived there, but then the seventies, the eighties. I feel the seventies and the eighties should be represented here in this class. Mm-hmm. And if you want to go back even further, like Jimmy Roberts, I don't see why Jimmy Roberts or how he's not in the upcoming class. One, he was a player here, he was a coach here. I mean, just the individual talk about characters of the game. This guy, I could tell you stories, Anthony, for an hour to two hours about Jimmy Roberts. I, I mean, I've never met an individual as unique as Jimmy was. I loved him so much as a coach and as a friend. And, you know, he was the very first St. Louis Blue player to be picked up by the Blues. He was a captain here. 
so that's a guy that I really like. You know, I think a guy that's getting overlooked, quite honestly, is Bruce Affleck. Mm. You look mm. at Bruce Affleck, yeah. we call him the godfather. And it's because he's been in charge of the Blues alumni for so long, and he's he still oversees all of the stuff that we do with charity stuff and contributions and appearances. Without Bruce Affleck, your Blues alumni may not be what it is today as far as because it's it's easy to kind of go your own way and forget about doing things bruce keeps everybody really kind of pulled in together so i feel like bruce affleck's a name that should be out there if not in this class certainly maybe next year but so many awesome names again i just hope they do it in eras because to put in an, an alex steen right now ahead of a guy like jimmy roberts it's like chronologically you're like i just don't know how this works yeah. Steiner will get his chance. Barrett will get his chance. Jax knows that. Sure. Guys, Vince Dunn signed a four-year, $29.4 million contract with the Kraken after having a career high in goals and points last season. Dunn avoided arbitration. How does Vince Dunn's contract compare to the Blues defenseman, and is he a player that you wish you had back? I don't know. <clears throat> um. That's a tough one. That's a tough one because, you know, at the time when Vince Dunn was was left available, he was your number five defenseman, I believe. Yeah. You could only protect three defensemen when, when you had that come up. And Vince Dunn was not going to be one of those guys. So it's not like you regret. It's not like it was a bad trade. Because mm-hmm. I think at the time you had Petro, Pareko, and Falk were your three guys that you protected. Yeah. In no universe is Vince Dunn getting protected over those three guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's not like Army was like, boy, oh boy, I'm going to trade Vince Dunn over to Seattle and he's going to become something huge because it's a huge mistake by us. No, from the Blues perspective, J- Jamie's right. You, you don't regret it. To the question of do you wish you had him? Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. I also wonder, though, some players, and I don't care what sport it is, some players just need to, to go someplace else. Mm-hmm have the expectations be lowered and you get your opportunity that way. And I know the Kraken made the playoffs last year and they they played very well in their second year of existence. But initially, you're playing for a franchise an expansion team and you know that you're going to have every opportunity because the roster isn't as good. Mm-hmm. And Vince Dunn blossomed. I don't think that's unlike other players in other sports, especially in baseball. Lane Thomas. Mm-hmm. Would you like to have Lane Thomas right now? Yeah. Dude swiped four bags yesterday. He's been very good for the Nationals. Was he going to do the same thing here in St. Louis? I just don't know. Mm-hmm. And I hope it's not a situation like we're going to see with Dylan Carlson. Dylan Carlson goes somewhere and he blossoms because he finally gets a full-fledged opportunity. Guys leave him alone. Yeah. The team leaves him alone. So, but that, that's how I view things with Vince no, Dunn. You're right, and I, I stand corrected. It was Krug, Pareko, and Falk, but at the time you just signed Tory Krug. Yeah, too. right, like, right. Either way, you weren't picking Vince Dunn over Tory Krug. Yeah. So Army did the best that he could possibly do in that situation, but Vince Dunn, to his credit, credit has really taken advantage of everything in Seattle and the style of game that they play in Seattle. It's very good for a guy like Vince Dunn who skates so well and moves the puck like that. Jamie Rivers, Anthony Salter, it's a fast line on 101 ESPN. I just mentioned Dylan Carlson. All right, Pooper, get off the pot. You trading Dylan Carlson? That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
reading another article, uh, 487th article, that mentioned how the Cardinals could trade Dylan Carlson. And I thought, hey, time to poop or get off the pot, gentlemen. Are you trading Dylan Carlson? Mm. Let's have a little roundtable discussion. Of course, you can always be a part of the show as well. 314-399-9646 of the Air Comfort Service text line. Or you can reach us at 101 ESPN STL. Or when we appreciate uh, guys like Cottleville Chris and uh, Ira leaving us some mic drops throughout the course of the show today via the 101 ESPN app. You can reach us in several different ways. Or jump into the group chat on the YouTube channel. 101 ESPN STL. What? I just said that. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. You didn't say the YouTube group chat. Okay, well, I said you can reach us at, at, at 101 ESPN STL. Yeah. I thought you were talking about the website. <laughs> All right, Anthony. All right, Jamie. This is going to be a great day. So. What are we trading him for, though? Because pitching. I, okay. A triple-A a triple A pitcher that could be in your rotation next year. No. A four. No. A five. No. <laughs> a six. Well, I already have so many of those. <laughs> Uh, all right, so Jamie says no. Go ahead. No, but I, I like to have certainty and just throw a AAA guy that could play in your rotation next year. Uh, that will be. Dylan Carlson is already in my lineup-ish. When you play him. When you play him. Yeah. No, uh, a a pitcher that next year will be, let's just say, your fourth. Wolf. Um, Young guy, cost control, 23-24. He's got upside? He's, he's, or is he like his four is upside? <laughs> uh, mid rotation is his upside. Mm-hmm. So three. I would seriously consider it. I would. And the only reason I'm really considering it is you've got so many damn outfielders. Mm-hmm. Is it currently like if if they trade O'Neill, if he's gone, and then you're looking at you know trading Carlson, you still have an abundance of guys that play the outfield. For a three or a four in my rotation to where I have only two guys next year, period. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would seriously consider it. All right, but this segment's called poop or get off the pot. Yeah, I just said I would do it. Okay, so you're pooping. Well, not right or are now. Are getting off the pot? Mm. We actually well, call either it a way, Mike you're, Babcock. It's a, yeah. You're right. And every now and then I wipe my Keenan when mm. I'm done. Um, but that being said, it's poop or get off the pot. It means just take action. Either trade him or not. Okay, got So it. I think it's poop. Would be trading. So it's not him. this or that. No, no, it's not true. It's or not poop. true or poop. No, no, it's definitely a different kind. So I'd say that I trading him, which means I'm pooping. Okay, Marsh, Anthony, what are you doing? This has gone really wrong. Yeah, I'm not trading him. I'm no. not going to trade a 24 year old cost control outfielder when I can get you pitching. Sandbag and son of a. Which I can get when I can get pitching with assets right now that make more sense to deal. Jordan Montgomery, Jack Flaherty, Tyler O'Neill. Paul DeYoung, Paul Goldschmidt, Jordan oh. Hicks. Oh, I thought. Try to slide Goldie back into that? Yeah, I would. You're such a jerk. Hey, don't be complaining to me a year from now if Goldie's play dips and you're and you're whining. What if he's going for another MVP? Then well, what? he'll look good for a fourth place team because we got no pitching. <laughs> Jordan Hicks. You had okay. Stop. Chris Stratton. You said I could go get quality pitching with Tyler O'Neill, Paul DeYoung. That's right. And then you threw in Goldschmidt. <laughs> Which one doesn't belong here? Well, Goldschmidt was the one that uh, I was using for when yeah. you inevitably hit me with. Well, if you're going to keep Carlson, where's he going to play? 
So I was throwing Goldie out there yeah. to that was, free up that That was spot. a nice try, Anthony, but now that's apples to oranges when you throw Goldie in. I'm not it. giving up the 24-year-old kid and watching watch him hit third all year for the Dodgers next year. I don't think so. If the Dodgers are interested in Dylan Carlson, I'm not trading him to the Dodgers because they, they actually know what the hell they're doing. All right, so then what's your solution? Because you're really not getting squat for O'Neill or Dion. No. The only value you have, really, Montgomery, is the fact— Montgomery, Flaherty, and Hicks. But Those even, are my values. But Carlson as well. And for the exact reason that we've been kind of back and forth on this is he's 24 years old. Mm-hmm. He has the capabilities of being a switch hitter. He's a good defensive player. He's got pretty good base running speed. Mm-hmm. These are all the reasons why he has to be the guy to move if you're actually going to get pitching. I think you can actually get pitching. With Tyler O'Neill. With Jordan Montgomery, Flaherty, and Jordan Hicks. You're not going to get aces, but you're going to get... You're, they've got an entire rotation, basically, to fill, plus bullpen. And you're not going to get an ace at the deadline. You're not going to get an ace at the deadline. You're, you're going to have to pay for one in the offseason. So, the only teams I'm going to keep Carlson. Yeah, the only teams that are getting aces at the deadline are teams that are in the playoff race. I never even said anything right. about an ace. But, like, that's what you're trading for. You just listed all these great things about Dylan Carlson. Why in the hell would you want to give that up when you don't have anybody in the outfield that is in your system? Otherwise, they'd probably be playing right now. Marshy, have you seen? Look at this list. This is your freaking outfield. There's freaking eight guys in the outfield right now. Well, you got to clear up some spots. (laughs) Yeah, I know. You have Newt Barr and you have They don't even have Dylan Carlson as a regular on this team right now. I understand that, and I think that he should be a regular. He needs to play more. Agreed. He needs to play more. I don't want to trade him. I want to play him. But here's the problem you have. You have O'Neal now, who is probably being showcased to, to trade. That's correct. I think the ultimate problem is Jordan Walker playing right field. That is the ultimate problem. And where is he better fit? What's the, what's, what's the spot? He's better in the infield. That's right. Specifically? Specifically third base, but first base is where he will end up. I know you guys think I'm crazy. You're you not thought crazy. Was, you thought I was crazy a month and a half ago when I brought this well, up. And I took all that heat, and I said, not, okay. They're not going to trade Goldie, so it's stupid to even talk about it. Well, then, you know what? Well, then they need to they need to make you know Jordan what, Jamie? Walker a, a, a really good outfielder then. Because he's, I mean, he's costing the team sometimes in the outfield. He made a great play against... Who was it, the Marlins or the Nationals? I already forgot because it doesn't matter anymore. But this past weekend, he dove for a ball, and it went all the way down to the— <laughs> You know sure what I'm saying? Did. Like, it cost the team. Of course I know and what you're the saying. Bullpen, the bullpen was screwed the whole weekend. Jamie. It's ripple effects. Marsh, you and I are on the same page here. We're on the same page, man. I'm I with know you we on are. this. I'm, just, I'm, I'm frustrated, Anthony. I don't blame you for being frustrated. I'm when you got frustrated. guys like Jamie giving you, giving you nothing— you know, know. he's short-sighted. Jamie, Jamie Short-Sighted Rivers is what we call him. <laughs> What's that it? He's got a, quite a few different nicknames. <laughs> you know, I mean, come on. Well, at some point, it's pooper get off the pot, Anthony. At I'm some point, we have to pot. grow up. And all you did is just muddy the waters. No, I didn't. <laughs> it's not mud. Well, I did then, because <laughs> I pooped. All right, it's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. So two of, us are, two of us are hanging on a Carlson. Jamie is... Uh, Jamie's trading them. So we just mentioned Montgomery, Flaherty. There's an actual article that talks talks about what the Cardinals could actually get for those guys. This has been a huge topic of conversation here. Like, what are you actually going to get? Prospects that won't be good? 
Well, we'll tell you next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Biggest problem the Cardinals have is they don't, they're indecisive. You get, you've seen it with Colton Wong, Matt Adams, where they'll put them in the lineup and pull them out. Now we're seeing it with Contreras and, and Gorman. So you're going to ruin those guys by not, by not making the decision to just put them in the field and let them play. That mic drop was from Anthony. I completely agree with him. He's right. The Cardinals are indecisive when it comes to what they want to do with certain players. Name I, I, one. Oh, boy. Uh, Tyler O'Neill, Randy Rosarina, Dylan Carlson. Are they really indecisive with Tyler O'Neill? You really believe that? His injuries are not their fault. Initially, I think they were indecisive about him. Harrison Bader, too. Okay. Who was the last guy they, like, really gave the runway to? Jordan Walker. Yeah, sent him down. No, they've given him runway. Okay. He's a 21-year-old rookie. They set him right. down for two weeks, Anthony. Breathe. I'll give you I'll give you that, Jamie Jordan Walker. Who's the other guy? Who's the other guy they gave a long runway to? Go for it, kid. But define long runway. And define, like, why let would him play. They, but why just let him play? Shouldn't you go back to earning it? If you're a young guy and, yeah. and you're at the big league level, you've done enough at AAA, and they've promoted you, isn't the big leagues about – learning how to make adjustments. Anthony, you yourself said that the big leagues are not a developmental league. Correct. So, Correct. You know, I don't understand what you're trying to get. You know what the Reds should have done? They should have sent down L.A. De La Cruz when he was when he was one for 30 a couple of weeks ago. They Probably should have. Should have. They should Anthony, have just set him down. Know, the young man needs to reset. Oh, wait, now he's raking again. It's the big leagues. Uh-huh. You're going to have you're going to have to make adjustments. Yeah. I agree. Can't get all these guys, to your point, you can't put them all in bubble wrap. No, I agree. I totally agree with what you're saying. What are we fighting about? I don't really know anymore. We okay. just fight. Right. Um, <laughs> but getting back to the original topic at hand here, who have they not given runway to? Like, really? That That is ready for it? Dylan Carlson. Okay. But, again, he's had more plate appearances in the last three years than Tyler O'Neill. Yeah, because Tyler O'Neill can't stay healthy. I know, but they're still giving him runway. And Dylan Carlson, he's had injury problems too, but not to the Tyler O'Neills. I guess Paul DeYoung would fall in that category. Which one? They gave him a lot of runway. <laughs> we still are. Of course, they couldn't. They they didn't have another shortstop until they drafted Mason Wynn. Yeah, that's a whole nother story. All right, we do need a gauntlet contest, and we're going to play the gauntlet in ten minutes. So three one four three nine nine ninety six forty six. If you want to play in the gauntlet, the Terror Comfort Service text line, just text in gauntlet. So, Jamie, I know we get this question a lot. Well, what are the Cardinals really going to get when they trade Montgomery and they trade Flaherty? Some people have even given us the pushback of, hey, why would you even trade these guys if you're not gonna if you're not gonna get much in return? And I've tried to make the argument through previous trades. No, I think you're gonna get more than you think. There was an article done by The Athletic. Won't read every single word because it's a subscription-based site. And, hey, The Athletic's got to get their money, too. And it's worth the price of admission. Our guy, JR, writes for them. And we we often cite The Athletic because they got great stuff. Jordan Montgomery. The comparison, Jamie. Mm-hmm. These are what this author did was look back at previous trades 
to see to kind of gauge the value of these current free agents. And they didn't just do it with the Cardinals, but we'll stick with Cardinals. The comparison was J J A Hap J Hap, excuse me, in twenty eighteen. So not the J Hap for John Gant trade, the previous Hap trade. And what the Blue Jays received for J Hap was Brandon Drury, who wound up with Cincinnati, then San Diego, he's bounced around a little bit, and Billy McKinney, who at one point was a top 100 prospect. So they got a top 100 prospect and a big leaguer for Jay Happ in 2018. So that's what the Cardinals can somewhat expect, a big leaguer and a top 100 prospect. This goes. This falls in line with what I've been saying about contenders are going to pay. They're trying to win a World Series. We may look at Montgomery and say, well, he's only a rental. Well, rentals are going to go at the deadline. Jack Flaherty, the comp was Noah Syndergaard in 2022. I've referenced this trade several times. The Angels signed Syndergaard on a one-year deal, one-year flyer deal, traded him at the deadline. They received Mickey Moniak, former number one, or Syndergaard was the former number one overall pick. Um, no, Moniak was. And then a, an A-ball outfielder. Moniak is now hitting third in the Angels lineup. So they got something significant for Syndergaard. Carlson, they talked about what was owed. They didn't really have a comp for him unless they grouped him and Lane Thomas in the same deal. Looks like that's what they did. They compared it to the Tommy Edmond deal. I'm sorry, the Tommy Pham deal, excuse me, from 2018. Pham fetched Henesis Cabrera. Justin Williams, who's an outfielder who didn't really pan out, and then there was another low-level prospect that they got. So that's kind of what you expect for Carlson, although I think that's that's really low. And then, is there anybody else? Jordan Hicks. Craig Kimbrell in yeah. 2021. He goes, this is a stretch here. When, when Kimbrell went across town from the Cubs to the White Sox, he was one of the sport's most accomplished closers in the midst of a revitalized season. Hicks has none of that, but since taking over the closing role in St. Louis, 26-year-old has been electrifying with a 193 ERA since June 14th. Like Kimbrell, the period of dominance follows some rocky times, times you're more willing to ignore when you're just hoping to ride the momentum for another two months. In exchange for Kimbrell, the Cubs brought back Nick Madrigal, a top 25 prospect who played well in the majors before suffering a season-ending hamstring injury, and Cody Hewler who is a controllable big league reliever. You're going to get something. You're going to get something from Montgomery, Flaherty, and Hicks. You may get three players that are going to be on your big league roster in the second half this year and next year that are cost-controlled. That's why it is vital that the Cardinals sell. So I kind of wanted to do that. Just We've talked about it, Jamie, but when somebody else, when a national writer does it, I think it's interesting. Any thoughts yeah. on that? No, it just it just confirms just what I've been thinking, mm-hmm. and you. I mean, the the path here has to stay the same. Yeah, can't get confused by a sudden spurt of three or four games in a row. Right. You just have to make sure you maximize the value of what you have on your roster, so that next year doesn't look like this year. Exactly. It's the bottom line. Yeah. It's the bottom line. You're not going to get an ace. If your expectation is an ace, ace. you're not going to get an ace. The ace is going to a contender. If your expectation is that they're going to get nothing but like double A players, you can raise your expectations. Yeah. They're going to get. Here's my. But I think what you have to 
to clarify here, Anthony, or the disclaimer that goes with this mm -hmm. is that there's still there is margin for error in this scenario because the Cardinals, even though they could go after a triple A pitcher that is like right there for next year, might end up being Matthew Libertor. Very true. Ish esque mm -hmm. type player. And so I think that for the fan base that listen to us or anybody else and talk about getting a, a top prospect or a young pitcher that's, you know, maybe a three in your rotation, there's still the possibility that player doesn't pan out. It doesn't yeah. make your trade bad. It just means a player didn't work out. Right. Then I, you know, I guess you go back to evaluating what you're getting at that point. So again, every, all roads lead back to, for me, this is the most important moment of John Mosaloc's tenure yep. as the skipper here, the big dog for the Cardinals. Because he's got this trade deadline and this offseason coming up mm -hmm. to try and right the ship yes. as much as he can because they've created this mess just by neglecting the pitching staff and the pitching rotation over the last couple of offseasons and even trade deadlines for Absolutely. that matter. So this is, for me, this is Mo's biggest moment as the president of baseball operations. Agreed. Are we getting that text? Do we Have Have you seen that text come in? It's like, well, they could be Matthew Libertor. No, I just pulled that out of my Okay. If you know if people are thinking head. that if people are thinking that where it's like, well, hey, don't forget they could the players that they get in return, they might not pan out. Understand it's a natural thought. That might yeah, of course. But Montgomery isn't gonna he isn't likely to resign here. Flaherty isn't likely to resign here. Would you rather have that or a draft pick that also might not pan out and you don't know for another five to six years where they're gonna pan out? That would be my argument. All right, time for the gauntlet next in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Three warriors, four categories, one challenger. Can you master the gauntlet? Brought to you by Master, your hometown source for business communications for more than 30 years. Visit Mastor.com. 401, your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Jamie Rivers and Andrew Marsh. I'm Anthony Stalter, and Luke is our latest contestant for the gauntlet. What's up, Luke? Hey, how's it going? We're doing great, man. How are you? Not too bad. Sweating like a, you know what, in church. Yeah, like a hardworking person in church. I yeah, got you. Yep. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Luke, first time in the gauntlet? First timer. Okay, congratulations on getting through. Who would you like to take on today? Andrew Marsh, Jamie Rivers, or the Anthony Stalter? Let's go with Marshy. Marshy's up. Oh, Marshy's a target. There okay. we go. Yeah, a little redemption. I'd like to thank you, Jamie, in hockey, but I'm going to put that off a few days. If you want hockey, you take me on. Because the wheel yeah, loves, loves <laughs> hockey for me. Like yeah. One and seven. <laughs> All right, Luke, go ahead and tell Marsh to spin the wheel, and then we'll tell uh, Marsh to get the hell out of here. Sound good? Spin that wheel, Marsh. All right, Luke, so what are you what are you hoping for? Hockey or random? Okay, hockey or random. Hockey or random? We don't get a lot of people who are craving hockey. Or random, for that yeah. matter. Let's see what we got Football here, Football is probably my nemesis, I'd say. Oh, well, well, Luke. I'm going to give you one guess. What do you think it landed on? Football. Yep. I mean, that, that that sucker stopped right when you were saying that. It, 
It slowed down in <laughs> hockey. I thought we were doing hockey, and yeah. then it just went two notches further into football. Sorry, Luke. But I think one of the reasons that you picked Marsh today is that you know he got a goose egg last week with a gauntlet trophy on the line. So you never know. Let's Maybe see what we can do. Yeah, Marsh has got it. Here you go, Jamie. Here's the launch codes for you. Oh, thank you, Anthony. All right, here we go. Luke, you know this already, but for those that don't, Luke and Marsh are going to get the same four questions today. Marsh is in our cone of silence. Luke goes first. Marsh goes second. All four questions are football, since that's what the category uh, spun to. Not necessarily NFL football. No, just football. football. Yeah, football. Each question is worth two points, unless Luke or Marsh ask for the options. Then those questions are only worth one point. You ready, Luke? I am. All right, here we go. Who was the last Jets quarterback to throw for more than 3,000 yards in a season? Who was the last New York Jets quarterback to throw for more than 3,000 yards in a season? Hmm. Not that I would know that one, but Mark said that brain dump happens when you get online or get on the actual show. So, True. Uh, let's go with options, please. Sure. Sam Darnold? Mark Sanchez, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Sam Darnold, Mark Sanchez, or Ryan Fitzpatrick? Let's go with C, Ryan Fitzpatrick, final answer. Okay. All right, Luke, question number two. The year after the St. Louis Rams won the Super Bowl, which time... Which team, team. defeat? I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> All right, let's try this again. Grant, you're fired. Question number two. The year after the St. Louis Rams won the Super Bowl, which team defeated them in the wild card round 31 to 28? Go options again. All right. Was it the Carolina Panthers, the New Orleans Saints, or the Minnesota Vikings? Uh, Carolina Panthers, final answer. All right, Luke, question number three. The first time the Oakland Raiders won the Super Bowl in 1977, which team did they defeat 32-14? to 14? Go with those options again. All right, no problem. Minnesota Vikings, Baltimore Colts, Philadelphia Eagles. Let's go with B, the Baltimore Colts, final answer. All right, Luke, final question. Who is the only franchise to win consecutive Super Bowls two separate times? Uh, Let's go either Patriots or Steelers. Let's go Patriots. Final answer. All right. All right, let's bring back Marsh from the Cone of Silence. Luke, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing my best. I, I, I hopefully a lot of those guesses were correct. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see here. Marsh making his way back in from the cone of silence right now. Marsh is kind of timid. A little timid coming little in. Timid. Usually he's got the yeah. chest all puffed out. Yep, stuff. not today. He's got a, his Minnesota Vikings uh, hat on. Was that from last year? Yeah, it's from last year. I think. Um, hopefully he didn't take his water step. Well, oh, he, he just, just did. did. He yeah, just wow. Did. The timing for you, Luke. 
Uh, Marsha, as you were walking out and into the cone of silence, Luke goes, football, quote, is my nemesis. Oh. And then the cat, the uh, the wheel, which is very vindictive, I think. I think yeah. the wheel listens I and the wheel like hates people. Always yeah. listens. Yes. Well, it did on Friday because I said I did not want random. And it came up random. Random's my worst category. Yeah. Hmm. Today, your category is football. Okay. Luke's nemesis. Jamie, tell him. Well, you better pack a lunch, buddy. All right. All right, Marsh, question one. Who is the last Jets quarterback to throw for more than 3,000 yards in a season? Wow. 3,000 yards in a season. Hmm. Did Mark Sanchez throw for 3,000 yards in a season? Could have been Brett Favre in his one year. I believe he's there for one year. Let's use the options just to be safe. Sure. Sam Darnold, Mark Sanchez, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ooh. I'm going to go with Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's the only guy on that list that screams, hey, I can actually throw the ball downfield. What? Wow. So I'm going to go Ryan Fitzpatrick, wow. final answer. USC Trojans just Sam taking a Arnold. hit there. I mean, well, got both of them hmm. all in one swoop. Yeah. yeah. Wow. One foul swoop. Yeah, all right. One question fell, number one fell swoop. two. Is it is? Is it Anthony. Fell? I'm just getting everything wrong. Hey. No, you're fine. Hey. Yeah. Dial it in here. I think, Marsh, I think Marsh is doing a great job. I just want to tell yeah, him that. You just... Question number two. Yeah. I shushed you. Luke is. Are you going to read the question or not? <laughs> you know what, Marshy? <laughs> I hope you get it wrong now. <laughs> Luke, I am totally cheering for you. Screw these guys. Question Thank number two. <laughs> the year after the St. Louis Rams won the Super Bowl, which team defeated them in the wild card round 31 28? All right, so the year after they won the Super Bowl, well, that would have been last season, is when they would have lost. In the wild card round. Oh, wait, you're talking about the Rams in St. Louis. Can you reread the question? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. The year. Are you going to listen? Yeah. All right. The year after the St. Louis Rams won the Super Bowl, which team defeated them in the wild card round 31 to 28, Andrew? This is incredible. All right. Well. Hmm. So the year after, that would have been the... That would have been the Giants-Ravens Super Bowl. Oh, man. I was a young lad during this time period. Who was it? I feel like I just saw this score not too long ago for some reason. Um... The Buccaneers come to mind. Let's 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 use the uh, options. Your options are the Carolina Panthers, the New Orleans Saints, or the Minnesota Vikings. No, it couldn't have been them. <laughs> um. All right. So it's be, who, the other teams were the Saints and the who was the other team? Oh my, the Panthers. Panthers. Yeah, the Panthers defeated the Rams in with Jake Delhomme. I remember that. But that wasn't after the Super Bowl. I'm, I'm the Super Bowl win. I'm going to go with the Saints. Final answer. Question number three, Marsh. The first time the Oakland Raiders won the Super Bowl in 1977, which team did they defeat? 32 to 14. 
say that one more time. The first time the <laughs> Oakland Raiders won the Super Bowl in 1977, yeah. which team did they defeat 32 to 14? Uh, college. Um, 1977. Raiders. I mean, I, I don't know. Let's use the options. Minnesota Vikings, Baltimore Colts, Philadelphia Eagles. 1977. Well, I mean, <laughs> let's let's just go with the Vikings. I don't know. I wasn't a fan at that time, so I, I don't really remember. But well, Marshall, you uh, weren't the alive Colts, at that time. Yeah, the Colts. <laughs> he wasn't. I feel like the Colts would have been in alive. no, that was not a I different was. conference than I remember watching the. That game. Right, the Colts would have been a different conference. Who was the, who was the third team? Vikings, Colts, Eagles. Eagles, yeah, I don't know if they were all that great in the seventies. Maybe they were, but I'm gonna go with the Vikings because they have a lot of Super Bowl losses. All right. Final answer. All right, <laughs> Andrew. Question number four: Who is the only franchise to win consecutive Super Bowls two separate times? So, team that's won consecutive Super Bowls, I mean, the Patriots come to mind. It's the only team I can think of. They have two different dynasties. They did it when they beat the Panthers, and then they beat the Eagles, and then they beat Anthony's Falcons. Hey. What? And then they beat the the Rams. And they would have won three in a row if the if Nick Foles didn't happen. Um, so, I'm going to go with the Patriots. Final answer. Okay. All right. Um, you okay, Anthony? I don't. Let's start with that. Did let's you, start with that did question. Did you write it down properly, or do you yeah, no, to I take did. over? No, no, no. Let's. Right. Uh, we may. Let's go over this. Okay. Who's the only franchise to win consecutive Super Bowls two separate times? Luke, you said the Patriots without using the options. Marsh, you said the Patriots without using the options. Correct answer is. Well, the Patriots certainly were one of those teams. But the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. The Patriots didn't know. Oh, the Patriots. Hmm. Who's the only franchise to win consecutive Super Bowls two separate times? I mean, the Patriots had to. They won. They won in t- 2003 and 2004. Yeah. They beat the Seahawks, and then they beat the uh, the Falcons back-to-back And years, they beat right? the. They won in 2016, then lost the Eagles. Oh, maybe they didn't. Maybe they didn't. Uh, maybe no, right. yeah, they've never they've never done it. Wow. Oh, okay. Grant, good question. It is the Steelers. The Steelers is the correct answer. Who is the only franchise to win consecutive Super Bowls? That's what I was doing. I was looking back, and I thought maybe I we had what was going on we had an error. Brain but seized up. We don't. There. No. Well, I was just, I'm like the Patriots had to have done it. I yeah, was well, with. Well, they didn't. Anthony. Yeah. Okay. Next question. So they would have one loss, one wow. loss. It hurts. I had a lot of tough again. times as a Patriots fan in recent history. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. All right, 0-0 zero, zero tie between Luke and Marsh. Who's the last Jets quarterback to throw for more than 3,000 yards in a season? Luke, you said Ryan Fitzpatrick. Marsh, you said Ryan Fitzpatrick. Correct answer is... SpongeBob Squarehead, old, Sam Darnold. Old Lego wow. head himself, yep. Sam Darnold. In 2019, he threw for over 3,000 yards. So we How still have a goose egg, goose egg. Happen? I don't know. Who knows? Ooh. All right, uh, the first time the Oakland Raiders won the Super Bowl in 1977, which team defeated them? 
Uh, which team they, did they defeat 32-14? to 14? Luke, with the options, you said the Colts. Marsh, with the options, you said, oh, I don't know, the Vikings have lost a lot of Super Bowls. I'll go with them. Correct answer is? Well, it was, in fact, the Vikings. was your Vikings, Marsh. Oh. So Marsh has got a 1-0 lead over Luke. Comes down mm-hmm. to this. The year after the St. Louis Rams won the Super Bowl, which team defeated them in the wild card round 31-28? Luke, you said the Panthers. Marsh, you said the Saints. Correct answer is? The New Orleans Saints. Luke. You have chosen poorly. You lose. <laughs> Marsh got you two nil. That was um, that was tough all the way around. I felt that was a tough oh. gauntlet all the way around. So, uh, Luke, sorry. Thanks for listening. You said football was your nemesis. That damn wheel spun football, and it got you today. I'm sorry. Not a problem. Thank you, Marsh. You good game. Thanks, guys. Jamie, uh, Anthony, thanks for the show. It's awesome. Love listening to you guys. No, I appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Thank Luke. You. Appreciate yeah. it, man. Good job, man. Man, I like Thank Luke. You. I like Luke a lot. I don't. Oh, that's that's Marsh. It's Marsh. It's Marsh the Marsh curse. It's you the guys, Marsh curse. No, no, no. You guys have you, been beating up on real nice beat, people lately. You always beat the nicest of people. Like, we have good listeners, yeah. okay? Great listeners. Uh-huh. But I feel like the, the ones that Marsh beat, just a little extra nice. So here's a strategy for our listeners. Nicer, nicer. Uh, if, if you get picked to be on the gauntlet and you're going to pick Marshy, come on and kind of not be a nice person. Like, yeah. don't be a total jerk. Just maybe, maybe not as nice and genuine as our listeners mm. truly are because Marshy takes uh, a personal. Uh, exception to mm-hmm. nice yeah. people and wants to just squash them. He's like a serial killer that's got a very specific target. Yeah, if you're mm-hmm. nice, you say have a nice day or yeah. oh, you know, we you love the show. Yeah, like that's yeah. great. Just uh, it's like I want to crush your soul. Man, take him right behind the woodshed. Yeah, you do. What's up with that, Marsh? I don't know. Is this something from your childhood? Maybe. What's what are nice people? What does that trigger for you? <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, those were tough though. <laughs> I would have totally. I, I don't know if I got one right. Uh, I had no idea about any of them. I was I so have, sure about the Patriot one. I would have totally said the Patriots. I would have said the Patriots, and I absolutely would have said the Panthers because all I remember is Steve Smith going seventy some odd yards against the Rams in the one. But it, that was two thousand three. Not when I said that. After. Did it? Kinda yes. Oh yeah. Jog your memory. I would have I would, said Mark I, Sanchez. I would have said the Panthers for the Jets. I may have said Fitzmagic. <laughs> I may have gotten the Vikings right just because of Marsh's well, thought process. Well, I figured there. there's two questions where the Vikings are a part of the multiple choice, and one of them has them doing good, and one of them has them doing bad. Which one would Grant pick? The bad one, There's probably. your answer. Yeah. All right. How ironic. Hat. I'm wearing the hat today, hat too. Hat for you. All right. Can the Cardinals replicate the Blues second half post-trade deadline? I, th- I find this question interesting. We'll get into that next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Everything you guys are saying is right, but look who you're talking about. Slow-mo isn't going to do anything. I'm just not holding my breath. I get so tired of getting excited over what he might do and what he may do. I don't expect him to do anything. I'm just used to watching his act. He does nothing. (laughs) From the top rope. (laughs) Slow-mo. Janet. 
You are a national treasure. I didn't expect that to hit me as hard as it did. I, I did. Well, slow mo. <laughs> she does come up with some good names. That's the one and only Janet. We appreciate you, Janet. Thank you. Leaving some mic drop here. It's fast on a 101 ESPN. Can the Cardinals replicate the Blues second half post trade deadline? Marsh, you, you had this thought, which I thought was kind of interesting. Yeah, I did, Anthony. You look at the uh, the Blues after the All-Star break. Of course, they... Well, not the All-Star break. The, uh, the trade deadline, they got rid of O'Reilly, Barbashev, uh, you know, a few big-time names that we all, you know, grown to love over mm-hmm. the course of the past few years. And um, we had an opportunity to see guys come in like Sammy Blay, his second stint, uh, Yakub Verana, Kapanen, these guys getting their opportunities, young players, seeing what this team was going to look like for this upcoming year. Just wondering if we're going to get the same sort of uh, uh, like structure, I guess, mm-hmm. from the Cardinals in this upcoming second half after the trade deadline. Are they going to bring up Mason Wynn? Are we going to see what this team will look like for next season, are we going to get an inkling of that? And plus, the team they they played better. They had a better record yeah. uh, going down that stretch, but they did have some of the same problems, which led to them not winning a ton of games. Ultimately, you know, losing games like five to one and whatnot. It was mm-hmm. the defense. This team is probably going to be the pitching, but I think it will be interesting to see how these young players play in the second half if they are called up yeah i think that you made a couple of key points there one let's start with the one that you just made whatever the blue whatever the cardinals do at the deadline it'll be similar to the blues in that they're not going to fix all of their problems in one deadline doug armstrong also needed this off this off season to add guys like hayes and bring back sunquist now doug armstrong has to deal with the cap situation so it's it's a little bit different in that regard too but to me just like the Blues did in the second half, Jamie, mm-hmm. or post-deadline, I should say, the Cardinals need to operate in the second half, in my opinion, as if we're developing for 2024. I won't even say the future. You're just you're you're trying to get as many innings for your some of your younger pitchers, build them up going into the offseason because you know you're going to make some moves in the offseason, and you're also going to use the uh, the winter leagues. To make sure these guys are prepared. Look at what Nolan Gorman has done in one offseason. Gorman a year ago got more than a cup of coffee at the big league level. I mean, he was he was here. And he had some flashes. We saw the power. But we also saw somebody with a high strikeout rate. He wasn't playing every day. He just got his chances here and there. He goes to, he uses the offseason, ref, refine his approach, Understand how hitters are going to attack him, or how, how pitchers are going to attack him, and then he comes to spring training ready to go. And now look at him. The Cardinals need to use this second half to in, get, get that get influence and that influx of youth, get guys going a little bit, and then get ready for to get ready to compete again in the NL Central in, in 2024. So for me, the Cardinals, uh, what they have to do is start taking steps in the right direction. And what I mean by that is if we're comparing the Blues to the Cardinals, which we are in this segment, is, you know, Army did go get those reclamation projects and Sammy Blay, which was also a reclamation project because he was battling injury with the Rangers, didn't really get a lot of playing time. But those pieces helped you move the ball forward Mm -hmm. so that when the offseason came, Army had a pretty clear plan as to what he wanted to accomplish. Now he only got some of it done. 
Uh, and I say some of it because they had a no-trade clause that blocked another move that is rumored to have been on the table. Right. We don't know for right. sure. But that's what the Cardinals have to do. This this trade deadline, they have to make some moves that move the ball further that, down the line. That you cannot go through this trade deadline into the offseason not one step further ahead. Mm-hmm. And certainly you can't go with steps backwards. And you are going to take some steps backwards because Montgomery and Flaherty, no matter you know what we think of them as far as their consistency or whatnot, those are two pretty established pitchers when it comes to the major league level. When you trade those guys, you're going to replace them with something that's probably going to be a step back initially. Yeah. So you have to counter that by making sure you go and acquire some pieces that move the ball forward too. Mm-hmm. So it's that you know one step back, two steps forward, rather than two steps back, one step forward. Right. So I think that that to me is the biggest thing when I watch the Cardinals at the trade deadline. I want to see the vision of John Mosellock and the front office as to what they're trying to accomplish, and I want to look at that and go, okay, I can see this improving from now to the end of the year, and then in the off season, I can see this really advancing this team come spring training time. Yeah, That's what, for me, that's what I have to see. You know, and just as a fan, Jamie, to build off of what you just said, just as a fan, I want to see, I want to see Mason win. Oh, I want to see these young pitchers. I like, you've given, you've given the fan base nothing but frustration. And I realize that wasn't the goal coming into the year, but let's be, let's be real about it. You, you, everybody knew your pitching was going to be at best average, and it, it the the wheels fell off in April. Show something here from a youth movement. I realize you're not going to have a fire sale. I don't think you should. But when it comes to after trade, Dion Paul DeYoung is going to be a, a Dodger Giant. I really believe that. Both are looking for shortstops. You're not you're not going to get a significant value for DeYoung, but you will get something. I think you're going to move him. Do you just put Tommy Edmond at short so you can free up some some outfield spots? I guess that's hard to argue to some degree, but why don't you why don't you give your fan base that's still going through the you know I looked at the um, the attendance and everything the Car- the Cardinals in the National League I think are third or second people are still showing up give them something give them Mason win give them something to be excited about can I say something no here? absolutely not all right go ahead fine. Jamie you had a point to me yeah um, if you bring Mason win up yeah it's gonna sound this is going to Boy, this is gonna. You don't even like what you're about to say. I, I'm just, you know what, Anthony? You don't even like I, what you're about to say. I do, but at the same time, I don't. Okay. So you have Tommy Edmond that is clear to play. He's back and all that, and he's your center fielder. You get rid of Paul DeYoung. Yeah. Uh, you call up Mason Wynn, mm-hmm. and he plays some games at shortstop. Tommy Edmond's going to take some shortstop games as well. Do you, do you tinker with the fact of trying Mason Wynn in one of the corner outfields? Oh, God. I'm, hear me out. Hear me out. He's got great range. Mm-hmm. He's got an absolute missile launcher for an arm. Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't be the corner then. You'd play, play him in center. No, I'd probably. Well, I don't know if he can handle center right away. I don't. I don't know. Typically, and I'm just saying typically. This yeah. isn't. I'm not even talking about Mason Wynn specifically. If you play short, you can typically play center well Tommy Evans a pretty good example of that there you go would I tinker with it yes I would and what just play Tommy Edmund in short just flip him around every, I, I don't know I don't know what I'm saying right now Anthony who talked to you who talked to you in the Cardinals organization uh, you know what 
Slow-mo has me on speed dial, okay? <laughs> I know for a fact that the, the Cardinals are the only team that wants to push infielders in the outfield. What are you doing? That's why I hated who got, it. Who got to you? I don't know, Anthony. But that's why I hated it. But when I thought about it, I was like, yeah, you know. Why, Jamie? He's texting back, but now he's texting he like strategic things. No, I'm not. At night, you're, you're it's right. Like one o'clock in the morning, he goes, "Hey, what if we, what if we bring up Mason Wynn and put him in, put him in the outfield?" You're right, Marsh. Yeah, they're se- they're sending him texts like, "Hey, listen, let's I put know. Alec Burleson at first base, Jose Farina at third, and Taylor Motter at second. <laughs> right. No, that's a lineup. Uh, yeah, the, the Cardinals are texting him, and they're like, "Listen, we we know, we know, we screwed up with you, but." Yeah. Like, what do, you, what do you think to improve us? To improve us, what do you think if yeah. we did this? So let me and throw. Now he's texting back. <laughs> another scenario. What if you can't trade Paul DeYoung, or you don't? Uh huh. And you want to call up Mason Wynn. Now do you give him some spots? It's a field? fascinating. I want to one ESPN. I saw a headline over the weekend that I laughed and laughed and thought to myself, <laughs> "What? To, what is that going to do?" That's next on one on one ESPN. <laughs> Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. We'll pause the conversation that we'll have here in a second to let you know some Cardinals moves, guys. Talk Card- to me. Cardinals announcing Jamie. First and foremost, that Adam Wainwright has been activated from the 15-day IL. He'll start tonight in Arizona. Andrew Suarez has been selected from AAA Memphis. So one of the pitchers that they just signed. Hey, it's coming up, Jamie. Yeah, yes. That's because Zach Thompson is being sent down to AAA Memphis. Brian Helsley has been transferred to the 60-day IL. So we'll see you in 2024, I'm sure. Brian Helsley, thanks for your contributions this year. And Yvonne Herrera has also been optioned to Memphis. Yeah. What do you make of all that, Anthony? I don't know. I'll say this, Jamie, before I get before Anthony shows up. I'm going to give this team until the deadline to make sense of some of this crap. How about that? What I'll do give you not like de- about all this. Well, I want I want to see now. Again, this is I, I realize the timing of all this. It might just be a, it might just be a timing issue where they bring up Yvonne Herrera next week because they they traded Andrew Kisner to the Yankees. You know. Something like that, and then Herrera comes up and he gets he gets expended, expend, like some, you know, uh, expanded playing time. But I want to see a bit of a youth push here in a down season. You can you can be a contender again next year, provided that you start at the deadline this year, bring in some pitching, and then of course in the off season you're going to have to break out the checkbook. But I don't understand keeping Herrera in the minors in a down year. I don't understand keeping Zach Thompson in the minors in a down year. There are certain things that you don't want in a in a losing season. One, one obviously, is you're not going to be going to the playoffs. 
but it does afford you the opportunity as a club to get a look at some young guys. So if we're going to see Taylor Motter and Fermin and Andrew Suarez in the second half, I think that's incredibly disrespectful to your fan base, and I think it's just stupid as an organization. Yeah, so I'm not going to get too far ahead here on this one because a lot of these moves are made out of necessity in the moment. Who has options? What can you do with so-and-so? How can we make room for this guy? And sometimes these players are just victim of their situation. Right. So I'm not going to go jumping too far ahead, but the trade deadline for me is going to be kind of the mile marker where I look at, well, one, what they've done as an organization, and two, like, where are you headed now? If Taylor Motter and these guys are still a part of the whole program following the trade deadline, I'll sit here and be very honest and say that I don't think the Cardinals know what the heck they're actually trying to do Yeah. at that point. Because if they're still there following the trade deadline, it means you didn't do what you needed to do Mm -hmm. and that you don't know what direction you're actually headed in. Why would you lose games with Taylor Motter at second base rather than having Mason win in your lineup? Right. It doesn't make any sense. Agreed. So I, I'm going to wait and, and see. And like a guy like Andrew Suarez, why would you have him pitching rather than Zach Thompson? Mm-hmm. Uh, lefty, lefty. Um, you know, I'm going to wait. I, yeah. I, I will give some uh, some runway here mm-hmm. to the Cardinals some because leeway. I think this is a necessity. Right. But following the trade deadline, which is just around the corner, if it still looks like this, I'm, I'm going to feel like, man, they really don't have the people in place that can get the job done. Right. If, in other words, if you're gonna, if you're gonna lose, if you're not gonna contend, I wouldn't even say lose. If you're not gonna contend, which the Cardinals aren't contending, why would you continue to have some of your young guys develop at the, in the minors as opposed to the to the big leagues? That doesn't say that th- that doesn't suggest they're ready for the big leagues, but you. You, you're afforded an opportunity. What's one of the biggest reasons why Randy Rosarin is in, is in Tampa right now? Because you didn't know what you had. That's another one, one of the biggest reasons why some of these other guys are thriving someplace else. Because you never gave them the opportunity here to really v- look at them. And in the Cardinals' defense, you're not trying to develop guys at the big league level because you're, you're typically competing. You're not competing this year. No, you're not. So to send Thompson down and to send, you know, Yvonne Herrera down or to keep Mason Wynn in the minors and still not compete so you can give an extended look to guys that shouldn't be on your roster in the first place, I just think that's asinine. But to your point, Jamie, maybe it's just a necessity at this point. And then next week, these guys will come back up and, and we'll have a better vision of what the Cardinals are actually thinking. All right, let's get to the thing that I, uh, I I saw, Jamie, I wanted to get your viewpoint on this. I, I saw the headline at a couple of different spots. I'm like, why is this a story? And what, what changes? I'll tell you what that is next. Don't want to win ESPN. I'm so interested. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
So I, I saw this headline over the weekend, Jamie, and I, I kind of chuckled because I'm like, well, you know, hey, they're, they're trying to do something. They're trying to do something. But really, what is it? What difference is going to make? So this was this was the headline. Um, running backs meet over Zoom to talk about depressed market. So you had a bunch of running backs that decided to have this Zoom call to talk about how much money they're not making and ways that they could potentially improve the situation, which from their standpoint, I get why you would try to do something like that. I, I totally get it. But from an outside perspective, Jamie, how much is how much is really going to change? Because here's the deal. Whenever you have guys like Isaiah Pacheco who come in, Pacheco, who come in and help the Kansas City Chiefs win a Super Bowl with his play, a couple of years after they took Clyde Edwards Hilaire at the end of the first round, and the Chiefs go in a Super Bowl with Pacheco, yeah. or go back to any of those 49ers teams that didn't need Christian McCaffrey at the time to reach the Super Bowl or reach an NFC Championship game because anybody can kind of slide in to Kyle Shanahan's system. And as long as you know how to get to the get to the edge of your rushing game as quickly as possible, put one foot in the dirt and get upfield, you can find those guys that are undrafted. Until until those players stop outperforming the guys that want the big time money, I don't know what you can do if you're a running back right now and you're ticked off about your market. I'm not telling you not to be. It's just it it kind of is what it is. So Barstool Sports has a guy, Big Cat. Yeah. Big Cat. Don't even know his real true name. He's William. A, sure it is. It's actually Dan Katz. Dan, Dan Katz. All right. So Barstool Big Cat, uh, they have their, what's it, Pardon My Take. Yeah. Um, or is it PFT? No, it's Pardon My Take, I think is what it is, over at Barstool. And he there's an interesting blurb to where he's like, this is a crazy thought, and the owners will probably never go for it. But he said, what if the NFLPA stood strong in making the running back position to where you're not allowed to draft a running back? They're all free agents coming out of college. Okay. And his thought process behind it is that then the teams don't get to kick this can down the road until the running back has no more mileage on his tires. Mm -hmm. And at that point, just kick him to the curb. Yeah. So it would be a bit of a bidding war for the best running backs coming out of college. It's a great out-of-the-box thought. To to where, you know, if you're really good running back, so now don't worry about round one, round two, round three. Teams will have to pony up now for a guy that's not just in his prime, like that's young, Yeah, that can really bring the game to the field. Mm -hmm. I thought it was really interesting. I don't think the owners would ever, ever grant that because they would have to pony up to get their running backs in their prime years now. Right. They wouldn't now that they've figured out the cheat code of just use them and abuse them and then get rid of them once they get older, mm-hmm. why would they go back to paying running backs? Yeah. But I thought that I thought the the concept just in general without, you know, the, the, I'm sure there's stuff that would have to be figured out. Mm-hmm. I thought the concept was really cool. I think the concept is brilliant. I agree with you, Jamie. I don't think it'll ever happen, but man, I love the idea of it. Because, because, could you imagine, you know, Bajan Robinson 
would be the top running back that enters a, a market this year. He'd get paid. He'd get paid big time. Finally, like these guys would get paid. It does work against potentially what the NFL tries to do, which is that if you stink, you have an opportunity to get better quickly by having top, you know, the top draft picks. Because theoretically, if you're the Chiefs and you got some cap space, maybe Bijan Robinson wants to go to Kansas City and play for a Super Bowl contender compared to somebody else. But for the running back specifically, I think it's a, I think it's a really interesting and smart take by William Big Cat Robinson. Yeah, it wasn't my take. I'm not okay. claiming that. So Fair someone enough. here in six one eight, this Fair is enough. stupid, Jamie. All positions, all positions that would not want to be drafted then. Yeah, but all all I positions can't. don't deteriorate. Screwed. Yeah, I mean, not to the level of running backs. of running backs. Yeah, because running backs. So, so th- in other words, you have a running back. You're on a rookie deal. Yeah, Josh Jacobs, perfect example. Saquon Barkley, perfect example. You, the, the Giants' offense was Saquon Barkley, and then Daniel Jones' ability to kind of run around. The Raiders' offense last year was Josh Jacobs, and when Derek Carr wasn't pooping himself, yeah. throwing it to Devontae Adams. That was it. Darren Waller wasn't really even no. part of it. It was Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs hasn't had a great career. He had a really good season last year. He had a good rookie season, and the last year he had a good year. He's not getting paid. He got the plane to Vegas, out of Vegas today. He's like, screw it. I'm not. I'm not going to stay around. The running backs aren't getting paid because teams know their value isn't that great. I mean, look at Ezekiel Elliott. He's falling off a cliff. Exactly. He's a perfect example. He was he was a huge part of the Cowboys offense early on. Yeah. And then he started to have the wear and tear. The Cowboys paid him. And that deal that deal wasn't worth it for them in the long run. Tony Pollard wound up being a better back. So I have two things for both of you. One, could you see the NFL getting rid of the uh franchise tag for running backs? Maybe that's another way instead of this non-drafting running backs That's they just can't get too. rid of they just get rid of the franchise yeah, I don't tag the, i think yeah. i think the quicker these guys can actually get to the negotiation table the better yeah. it is for them yeah because and I, then i wonder what the market's going to be because like miles sanders last year was good for the eagles he yeah. won great but he was good he didn't get paid yeah so maybe maybe the running backs you know you realize like well Teams aren't willing to pay that much money for you. Well, we've but at least seen, they have that opportunity. We've seen over the past few years, and this has been happening for a while now, that you know, you don't have a one true back. Some teams do, but like it's a two back system a lot of these teams have now. Oh, the, unless which you're the hurts tight. fantasy football, Anthony. <laughs> it all comes back to fantasy football. I mean, it does. All roads lead back. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Unless you're the Titans, you're right. You're, you don't have for sure. You don't have a, a dual back, or you don't have a single back. Yeah. In your and and the, the Giants, in my opinion, they don't either. But they have Daniel right. Jones, who who showed that he can just run around and do yeah. whatever. I don't see that continuing, though. I think they do need to have a guy like Saquon back there. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, their team's going to stink. So, quick question. How many years is the rookie contract for running backs before they hit the franchise tag? Four years, unless they're a first-rounder. Then it's the op- they get the option year of, of the five. Fifth. Yeah. So, I think this could work if they shrunk the contract. So, the NHL entry-level contract is three years mm-hmm. max. Mm-hmm. So I think your entry level deal at three years, and then you teams could option in for a fourth year, but then after that, the running backs get a chance to get paid. I think that would work. But again, 
the owners would have to sign off on that, knowing full well right. we're about to pay these guys off when we yeah, figured well, we out how to screw to. them. Yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> you know what I mean. We, we've come this far. Yeah. We've we figured out how to screw these guys. You'd have, to, you you'd have to strike, and the league, the players aren't all going to strike for one position. Yeah. So that's what I wanted to ask. How does that affect the new CBA? Whenever that is. You know, in the next few years, well, whatever, it could did, they lead? Could that lead to a strike all because of these running backs? I no, think, I don't think so. I don't man, think that'd so. be so many guys basically sacrificing money for right. one position. Right. I know they love their teammate, but not that much. And no. I'm sure there's other running backs <laughs> Sorry. in Good the goal. league who are like, yeah, man, if you're not going to play, I'm going to play. Right? Because if oh, totally, it's that type of yeah. league. Yeah. If you're not you, playing, somebody else will fill your spot. Right. Do you? Oh, you oh you don't want to play? Okay, great. I will. Yeah. All right. It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. We have the Sports Six. No, sorry. The uh, What's Trending is next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fastlane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. What's trending in the world of sports? The Fast Lane has you covered. What's trending now? Brought to you by Goodwill. Donate to Goodwill and get a half price Cardinals ticket voucher. Welcome back to the Fast Lane here on 101 ESPN. Anthony Stalter, Jamie Rivers, I'm Andrew Marsh, and it's time for What's Trending. Fellas, Adam Wainwright back on the bump tonight. He's away from 200, and they're taking on the Arizona Diamondbacks, who do have their lineup out. We are still waiting for the cards to release their lineup so we can play the lineup top game. Secret. Top secret information. <laughs> they don't even know yet. Nah. Mm-mm. I'm interested to see what this lineup looks like. But how do you think Adam Wainwright will do in his return? Boy, I I, I hope he how does do I well. Think, or how do I want what about both? Uh, are they different for you, Anthony? Yes. Yes, they are. But I want you to go first, Jamie, to tell us what your difference is. Yeah, no, there really isn't. I think he's going to be lights out. Honestly, <laughs> I think he's going to go seven. Um, you know, punch out three or four. Uh-huh. Going to do good job out there. Yeah. Maybe one or two earned runs. Going to give his team a chance. Well, here's the thing, What's guys. What's your difference, Anthony? Oh, none, none for me. I thought you maybe were, if you had one. No, my, I don't have a difference. I mean, when other people are telling Wayno, guys that he works with in the bullpen, coaches and other people telling Wayno that he looks, the stuff looks as good as last year's. Which part of last year? I, the first part. I believe him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I agree with you, Jamie. Seven innings, five hits, three runs, keep the ball in the yard. Five Ks, no walks. There you go. Yeah. Marcia, your thoughts? Yeah, I was wondering, maybe this is the vision that I had all along. His return. Ah, back to the vision. there you go. This is the vision. We're back to that again. Yeah. Okay, back so it wasn't, it wasn't the London vision no, where this maybe. team got back into it because no. Wayno propelled them. Right. It was this vision. This version. Okay. Yeah, this So they're vision. in Arizona in a meaningless uh, series, well, at least Anthony, for them. I mean... This team has struggled winning first first games of the series back in April. Uh, you know, mm. this is an important one. You're darn right it is. So, You're darn right it is. And yeah. every game is important. Yeah, 100%. So I'm sure yeah. half the team will be resting. and <laughs> We'll see Taylor oh, no. Potter. Not today. Not today? With Wayno no? on the bump, you'll get every star player you have in the lineup. Don't you, you trust think. me. You think? Yes. That's Jamie... 
Boy, you make a great point. <laughs> really spot on. That's why they rested him. That's probably. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. Just saying. Well, Jamie's been is, Jamie's been talking to the Cardinals. He's been texting that's them. That's true. Guys, so, I'm trying to help. Yeah, I'm doing. I'm doing all I can here to try and help this thing. Yeah. Why am I not in the lineup, Skip? Look, Wayno's two two wins <laughs> two wins away. We're gonna need you to well rested yeah. and playing playing tomorrow in Arizona. We need that competitive spirit from the bench today. Yeah, we certainly do. Yeah. You know, some people think Moe's pulling the strings. No. It's our guy Jamie. Yep, exactly. Jamie River is mm-hmm. the the mastermind behind it all. It well, no, no, don't give me that right now. Let's see how the team does here first. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, you mentioned superstars, and we saw a superstar over the weekend with a huge debut for Miami. How about Messi? Game winning goal. Game winner. What a game. One of the uh, best goals that you'll see uh, in the MLS. It, uh, listen, the goal was a really nice goal. It wasn't like a YouTube highlight reel goal, but it was a great goal by a player that, you know, obviously knows what he's doing. For me, it was just all about the moment. Like, that team mm-hmm. is not good. <laughs> They're they, terrible. They've been hot garbage. Yeah. And until now, Lionel Messi gets there, game on the line. And he scores the winning goal. You've mm-hmm. got LeBron James there, David Beckham's there. You've got a star-studded yeah. audience of people, and they go berserk. And Lionel Messi is now like a hero. Darn right, it's he is. the perfect. Listen, he's arguably one of the top three best players ever in the sport, and you have him doing that. I mean, that's awesome. It is. It was pretty cool. It's big. It, look, it's big for the. It's big for the league. It is. It's big for the league, and I hope he. I hope he plays well, and I hope that Miami can kind of turn things around for just for the sport. And I want to see our St. Louis City SC team, like I've said before, punish him when they face him. Yeah. Welcome to America. Sweep the leg. Exactly. <laughs> Guys, we were talking oh, about... you don't uh, think... You, uh, you don't like our soccer, huh? Yeah. Watch this. Pile drive. Legally, of course. Hmm. <laughs> I guess there's a legal way to do that, Anthony. Yeah. Yeah. Kyle Heber will figure it out. Yeah, he will. Or he got another red card and miss a game. Either way, <laughs> it'll... It'll be fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were talking about NFL running backs uh, just a segment ago, and Tom Pelissero from NFL Network tweeted out that Naheem Hines, while sitting stationary on a jet ski, was struck by another rider and sustained serious but non-life-threatening injuries. He will require surgery and miss the 2023 season. I wanted to ask you guys, how does this impact the Bills, their running game, who they should maybe go after, some names that are probably still floating out there in terms of running backs? How does that all work out, and what does their season look like without... I don't think it changed. I know they didn't run the ball effectively last year, and we've talked about it, but James Cook is more than capable of, of being the 1A to somebody else's 1B. They they traded for him, tried to, try to give their running game a different look last year. No offense to him, and I hope he I hope he does well, but if you can't find another Naheem Hines on the open market or at the trade deadline this year, then you're really not looking that hard. So that's that's my take. This does nothing. This does nothing in terms of the overall big picture for Buffalo. Nor does it, you know, if they if they're interested in Dalvin Cook before, they should have just been interested in Dalvin Cook, regardless of who they have on the roster. If somebody's like, well, now they should be in, interested in Dalvin Cook. Why? Because you lost Naheem Hines. Nah, come on. 
But again, I hope he's okay. I, I hope he's okay. It just sucks. You know, we're talking about the, the depressed running back market, and this guy is on is on a jet ski, just yeah. stationary, and he gets run into, and now his season is over with. Oh, feels so bad that's for a, him. That's a bad way to go, Jamie. So last week, I brought up Jordan Addison of the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. He was going 140 miles per hour in a 55-mile-per-hour zone. Apparently, it was due to a medical emergency regarding his dog. Yeah. And I brought up the Henry Ruggs situation, not knowing the details. Of yeah. it. Obviously, complete opposite of what's going on. I mean, it, this is this one's tricky because you could endanger yourself and somebody else while while also trying to do the you know the right the moral thing for your dog. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I in some ways, I'm glad. I'm glad that. I'm glad this he wasn't was the just story. being exactly. He wasn't being an idiot. irresponsible person. Yeah, it was an emergency. And he still situation. was somewhat irresponsible, but sure. you know we all make silly decisions sometimes when we have a loved one, or in this case, a, a yeah. family pet. It, I don't. Know. It, it's still a very gray area there for me. Yeah. where you're risking the lives of others. I understand you love your dog, but I don't. Know. That's that's right. it's excessive. Yeah, that it's very excessive. Need to get your guys' thoughts on the Twitter changing to X. Yeah, hey, what's with that? Okay, I was completely blindsided by this. Elon Musk never contacted me and asked me what my opinion was. That's on a this. shame. <laughs> Cardinals reach out to you all the time, yeah, so. I, which is why this is shocking. Sure. Anthony. Yeah. I don't get it. I, don't I really either. don't get what Elon Musk has done here since taking over. I, initially, I thought this might be a good thing. You know, he's kind of a um, savvy pioneer business-wise. Like, yeah. is he weird? Yeah, yeah, of course he is. Most of those, like, multi-billionaires are a bit weird. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I don't know. You know, the, the blue check mark, from my standpoint, was a very good way to siphon through the crap. You're right. To where... If it's somebody with a blue check mark, they are a verified account, which means that's really their opinion. Mm-hmm. And they're held accountable for what they say at that moment or what they're reporting or whatever. Well, that went bye-bye. Well, you can pay for it, but now anybody can. So I can make up a fake account and buy a Twitter check mark, and it's you know verified right. and just sputter out anything I want. So that was a weird thing to change that whole dynamic to generate a couple of hundred bucks or $112 a year from each person. Mm-hmm. And now, I don't know, there's other stuff going on. And then to just take the Twitter name where the, the little birdie is kind of iconic to do with the actual Twitter like company name. Now it's just a big black X. Is it still called Twitter? I don't know. Right now, I if I would type in Twitter.com, Twitter still comes up. But I heard it was changing to X.com. I okay. Don't, I don't get it. It's, my, I, I'm going to do it right now. I'm going to type in x.com. Let's see what comes up. It'll be it's a company computer. Yeah, right. It's Twitter. Wow. There we go. My my question for this has been is he trying is he just trying to ruin Twitter? Like does he have some axe to grind? I don't think he does. I think that he's got an axe to grind, but if you look at the way he tweets and things he says about certain people, his axe to grind is with people who are on Twitter, not Twitter itself. But is he but it but in and of itself, is he trying to then bury he, Twitter? What he was trying to do is uh basically take all the protection away from certain people 
on here that were tweeting like false information mm-hmm. or it was it was skewed to especially this all it all really came back to like political things to where he felt that Twitter was skewed towards the Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. Uh, others might disagree. I don't have the analytics to back it up. But he wanted to make it so that you know the real media could be heard and fake news was like monitored. I don't know. It's all just so much to try and digest. Why didn't we just let Twitter be Twitter and just do what it does best, which is quick hitting information. Right. If you don't like what someone writes, don't follow them. Right. And the thing is, like, why buy Twitter to rename it? Why not just make your own app? You yeah, know? like, like yeah, what are you doing? He's call. completely changing it. Right. Like Threads, which is yeah. literally Twitter. Yeah. Exactly. Right. <laughs> but again, like, Twitter is such a big name that, like, I, I never even got Threads. I never even signed up for it. Maybe I right. should, but, like... I signed up it, for it, but I don't know what to do with it. it but no, <laughs> people, yeah, I don't know. people go back to the things that make them comfortable. Twitter's been around for years. For years now. Yeah. I've been on Twitter for... 10, 12 years now. Mm. Like it's been around for quite some time. So for something else to come out, it just this is weird. It's it's really weird. They're gonna change the it might as well just be a complete different app. That's um, Andrew. This is Weird Marsh. It's a fast line on 101 <laughs> ESPN. Thanks. Marshy Marsh. I'm with you, Marsh. Whatever. <laughs> Certainly doesn't feel like it. Hey, I'm with you. You're not sorry. I didn't say I was sorry. Yeah. I kind of <laughs> wanted to too. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say I was sorry. I wish you were. <laughs> All right. That's a fast lane. I want to want to ESPN. More of your mic drops. Are you officially done with this bozo team? You know which one we're talking about. That's next on 101 ESPN. You heard me. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. So I was watching the Cardinals over the weekend, mercifully, and uh, I just thought to myself, I'm like, I'm, I'm done watching this specific team. It's just become laughable. And not that it hasn't been bad since the start of the year. Of course it has. But for whatever reason, Marsh this weekend, and Jamie will join us again in a second here. Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stalter, it's the fast and I want to want to spam. But Marsh, I was watching this, the, the, the Cardinals over the weekend. I was like, this has just become laughable. I'm so done with this version of this team. Not the 2020, not necessarily the 2023 version, because that one's obvious. I mean, like this core almost. You, maybe I, let me step back. Not the core, but. Mm. The pieces around this like iteration, you know what I mean? This, this chapter, yeah. I'm I'm done. I, I don't mean get rid of Gorman and Walker and Arenado and you know even Edmund and Donovan. Mm-hmm. I, I but I want I I just want to see something different than this version over the last four years, which is pitch to contact. Mm-hmm. We'll see about the bullpen, and here's your lineup that we're gonna mix and match until. You know, everybody gets every single every opportunity that they can, but not really a long runway. I, I'm just sick of this vision. I guess I completely agree. I mean, you look at some of these these players. I think they've gotten too much runway when it comes to opportunities. Right. 
And I don't know if contracts has anything to do with with all that. And it, you know, I think it does. You look at Paul DeYoung, for example. And Paul DeYoung has been he's been fine. He's been fine. He's gonna yeah. hit a home run. Hey, he's been good enough to get ground traded. Third. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he's been he has upped his sure. trade value at the very least. And for the most part, I would say he's been your he's been your everyday shortstop this entire year. Yes. So you're not gonna win with Paul. You're not gonna win a World Series with Paul DeYoung as your shortstop. Right. And and you're finding out that you're not going to win the division with players like that in your lineup. Right. You're not. Yeah. Uh, and and maybe maybe this is just a product of what what it was yesterday, where the you had no chance. You have no shot yesterday. You had no chance. No game was over before it started. Yeah. The lineup that you put out there yesterday. So maybe I'm just reacting off of yesterday. But I, I, it just kind of hit me yesterday. I'm like, I'm I'm so done with this version. Give me something. Give me something new. Give me something different. And the trade deadline at least provides that opportunity. We asked for your mic drops on this very subject. Let's hear from Devin first. What up, guys? Hope you all had a good weekend. Um, the Cardinals didn't have a good weekend. I know that. They sure as hell, uh, they pissed me off more. But, I mean, it's expected. I shouldn't even get mad. I don't know why I'm watching. I, I watch to watch them lose, but then I get my hopes up while, like, in the game. And then it's just like, why? Because by the sixth inning, they blow it every time. It doesn't matter who comes in. Some way or another, either Ollie makes a terrible call, pitching change, the umpire blows the game, the you call to the bullpen, you bring in Drew Verhagen, who should be DFA'd, but you really can't DFA him. It's your guy, Jamie. You recall Taylor Motter. Like, it's why is guy. there a different guy playing a new position every day? <laughs> what are we? I've never seen a team do this. Why do they have a new guy at every position every single game? I understand. Get some guys off their feet here and there. But they're, <laughs> you don't need to be doing that. When you have Arnado and Goldschmidt, and like you, you said, you're playing Newt Bar every day. You're saying you're playing Walker every day. Gorman should be playing every day. Like what? What are we doing? Why? These clowns need to go. Uh, <laughs> Devin, I, I I'm with you. I can hear the frustration within his voice in that one, Jamie. And he's right. Yeah, it's like, oh, we're gonna try this guy, then that guy, and then uh, somehow Taylor Motter's still on the roster. And now he's playing again. I'm I'm with him. And then today they send down, and I get it. You know, this is this might just be circumstantial, but this kind of plays into it. We're activating Adam Wainwright, and which is great because he's going to start, and I hope he gets his 200 wins. You know, in his next two starts, quite frankly. But we're going to activate him, and we're going to bring up Andrew Suarez, and then we're going to send down two promising guys, and Yvonne Herrera and uh, Zach Thompson. In a regular year, I get it. You stink. You stink this year. So if it's if it is circumstantial, at least bring those guys back up at the tra- after the trade deadline and play them. Figure it out. That's kind of what I mean by I'm I'm done. I'm done with this rendition. I'm done with this version. Yeah, I would agree. It's you know, you can't just continue to copy and paste what you're doing. The formula hasn't worked this season. Right. You know, whether it was by design or just by default, that you ended up with so many guys playing so many different positions all the time. Yeah, I don't know if that's the flexibility or it was the inconsistency of each player, <laughs> yeah. and you kept you know shuffling the deck to try and find a combination that worked. Now injuries have played 
a role in some of the changes to certain players and their positions. And you have been fortunate enough to have some guys that are versatile out there, whether it's you know second baseman or shortstops playing in the outfield or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, you're able to do it. But, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Something has to change here. I, I do believe this Cardinals team, the, the, the core of it, the foundation of it, I do believe this team is fine. Yeah, it's the it's the other pieces that you have to nail down. Like, you've got to have who whoever your three true outfielders are. You have to know who that is, and you have to know who your fourth outfielder is. Who are the best infielders? Who are the, well? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, there it is. Um, okay, Anthony, we'll play that game, huh? Who are your th- Who are your three best infielders? They're out in the outfield right Get now. Get them in the outfield. <laughs> They already are. I'm sorry. Brendan Donovan and Tommy Edmond, yeah. two gold glove infielders, are playing in the outfield. Get them out there. No. That's, my, that's exactly what I'm saying, though. Yeah. That's why the, this has gone off the rails. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't have that. Newt Barr should be an everyday outfielder. Jordan Walker, right now, he has to play every day. And then pick your third. It's Tyler O'Neill for the uh, the time being before the trade deadline. But... Dylan Carlson after the trade deadline, if he's still here. Like, solidify your outfield and your infield, you've got to get that buckled down too. Mm-hmm. If Paul DeYoung is a trade piece, then I do think that Mason Wynn has to come up and get a look. Yes. Is he the rest of the season? I yes. don't know. We'll see. Yes. We'll see. I'm fine with it. Just say yes. But all of these things have to be solidified so that when you do go acquire pitching, you're not still playing this crazy game of merry-go-round with positional players. Agreed. You got, I've said this before. I think you need <laughs> you need an established outfielder, like established center fielder. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you do. Like Tommy Who the hell is your center fielder? Tommy well, take then, your pick. If Tommy Evans can be your center fielder, he's going to be your center fielder. You bring him. Like, you, there's so many. How do you feel about Dylan Carlson? I don't want to trade Dylan Carlson, but. But I mean, as center, your center fielder. He's fine. But like I don't the the guys in center field I don't have the confidence that they are legit center fielders. Mm-hmm. Like they are a center fielder. They're corner outfielder guys. That's what they are. They're corner outfielder guys. The Jordan Walker thing kind of blocks you from that. Right. That's it. It's the in my opinion I I wonder what this team looks like if you don't have Jordan Walker playing right field every day. To be honest. Yeah, I mean if you if you just merely shirt up the defense and you know got a capable bullpen. You're you'd be you'd be a solid second place team right now, ready to acquire Rich Hill, and mm. do your thing in the second half. Second place, that's fairly generous. I'd at least say third. Well, you would be in third place. I, you would I mean, beat the Cubs. You'd be in third place right now. There you go. You would have swept them. Third place was on the line, and we blew it. Was it. on the pl- <laughs> and we blew it. Yeah, we did. <laughs> Paul, Ridiculous. let's hear from Paul. Who left this mic drop? No, not to you. I don't think he's listening. Yeah, he is. <laughs> He wants to know he's traded. What is going on with the Cardinals? I've always prided myself in being a Cardinals fan and them having a good front office and putting out a good team. But this year, it's just a mess with all the drama. With Starting off with Ali calling out Tyler O'Neill. Yes, he was not hustling and deserved to be called out. But then you had a whole contrarious con- debacle of a situation at catcher, DH, whatever, and everybody blaming Contreras from the front office on down. 
what what happened in the last year to make this happen? I don't get it. It's just embarrassing. And I hope they can do something at this trade deadline to maybe right the ship for next year. But this is getting bad. You know, I was... And initially, I, I thought that Paul might be going back to the. Ollie made a mistake by calling out Tyler O'Neill thing, but then Paul, what Paul was saying essentially was, and he's right. He, he, this is an organization where you have avoided the bad headlines up until this year, and it did start with that. I think people got that one wrong, in my opinion. Nationally, I think they got it wrong, but it did start with the Tyler O'Neill situation, and it just never got better from there. The wheels have completely fallen off this thing. So we'll see what they do at the deadline. We will play beat the streak. Actually, we can't play beat the streak. We don't even have a bleeping lineup yet from this team. You can't even get us a lineup so we can play beat the streak, Jamie. Yeah, always pushing it here. You want me to call him, Kay? Please. I'll call Mo. Question of the day next. I want to win this game. He's playing. <laughs> Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for the Fast Lane's biggest question of the day. It's a fast line on 101 ESPN. You just heard Andrew Marsh for the Sports Center update. Now you're going to hear him deliver the biggest question of the day. Guys, Bob Nightingale reported that there are four untouchable players for the Cardinals to build around in 2024. Those players include Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arnato, Jordan Walker, and Lars Newt Barr. What do you think yeah, the about new? the Newt? What do you think about these four untouchables and who would your four untouchable untouchable players be? So you said Arnado, Goldie, Walker, and the Newt? And the Newt. I'm not putting the Newt in an untouchable. In yeah, the young would be probably up there at the top. All Jamie's right, so let's right. break this down, Anthony. Uh, Arnado, yes. Okay. Um, who is the other guys? Goldie. Go- Goldie. I'll put a little asterisk. We got Newt. And Walker. And Walker. Okay. I think it's a little early to be building around Walker. I think that right now Walker's still trying to find his spot within the group. Quite honestly. I don't I don't know if I'm building around him right now. I think he's a piece that we're using to build. But I don't look at him as a foundation piece. Do you? Yeah. Okay. Fine. Goldie? I think to your overall point, he's not there. No, he's not there. But I am looking at it like if I'm building. Yeah, two years from now. Ah, uh, no. I got Walker like right now. All right. He's this, not even playing in your outfield. That's interesting. No, he's got, got him at first base. Yeah, I know. But where that's, he should be. This is where we're having the problem, Anthony, is one of your cornerstones has only got a year left on his contract. And you're wanting to trade him, which is fine. That's your, look, that's your choice. It's fine. But that's bad news if you're the Cardinals. Why are you building around a guy that could be gone? I'm not. <laughs> okay. If, so, it were, if it were seriously so, me, I'm trading Goldschmidt right now while his value is high, and he's only got a year year and a half left on his deal. I'm not I'm not necessarily building around Goldie, but I understand the thought process of I do too, Bob but this Nightingale. is where it's flawed. 
if this is really what the Cardinals are doing, this is flawed. Agreed. Because really the only guy you should be building around is Nolan Arenado. You have other guys that are pieces to it, but you can't, I'm sorry, I can't sit here and of sound mind say that Lars Newtbar is like an untouchable. I'm building I'm around you. Lars. Like, it doesn't make any sense. I agree. I can't say that I'm building around Walker because Walker's still trying to figure out where he ends up. He's batting six, seven, eight in my lineup right now. The moment I start moving him up into the top five or the top four of the batting order, now I'm building around him a little bit. So I, I just don't see this list of four here. I, I don't get it. Is there somebody else that you'd put into this? Okay. Like if you're going to take Newt out, who would you put in? Here's the way. Here's the way I would look at it, Jamie. And this is just this is just me. Maybe you kind of did it from a different different standpoint. But I'm looking at it this way. What is my like young core that I'm building with? Let's just not say around, because okay. I think once you say around, then it then it gets tricky. Well, it makes it feel like they're already all stars. Yeah, they're not. Let's say building with. Yeah. For the next five years, let's say okay. we get a five year window. Okay. Yeah. Goldie's not within that five year window. I know no. every. I know some people want to sign him for another ten years. He he's going to fall off at some point. There's just there's a reason why thirty eight thirty you know thirty seven year old thirty eight year olds they tend to tail off toward the end of their career. So, anyways. Over the next five years, I think you still have to include Arenado yes. in that. It's Walker. Yes. It's Gorman. Yes. And then, I mean, I can't I can't put Win in there, but that's my. I wrote him down. Okay, so we'll put Win in there. You that's said my five thought years, process. right? Yes, so. that's my thought process. If that is my like my core, I got three cost control guys in Arenado, who is going to be a Hall of Famer. That's the way I'm looking at it, at least. And then when we get to the fringes, I want to. I, I still want Donovan. I still want Edmund. And I know everybody's written him off, but I I still want Carlson. The newt the newt is a really good player. Love to have him. To me, is he's newt not a that fr- much better than franchi- Carlson. I, I mean, at this point, based on production, yes, but. I think the, I th- the more I look at this, if the new if the new could have got me Sean Murphy last year, that you blew you blew it then you blew that trade. You wouldn't give up an outfielder for an actual catcher. I think the deal was bigger than just Newt. It probably was. From what I understand, what I've read, there was like a Gorman and Newt. Then no, it. then forget it. Like, that's a lot. Forget it. Maybe maybe it was the Toronto at trade the, at the time. I think I may have done it as Gorman. Because Gorman, yeah. But yeah. knowing now what Gorman can do? No. I'm not trading Gorman. I'm not trading Walker. I'm not trading Gorman. I'm not trading Wynn. Those are my building blocks. The other guys that we've discussed make a lot of sense. Montgomery, obviously. Flaherty, Hicks, O'Neal, DeYoung. Varying degrees of what you're going to get for these guys. But those guys make sense. If you really want to get crazy, you really want to project, you really want to get aggressive, you really want to put your huevos rancheros on the line, then go to Paul Goldschmidt and say, hey, in the final two years of your career, or not two years, he's got more than that, in the final couple of years of your career, do you want to play for a contender? Do you want to win a World Series? We, we're trying to build that here, but we're having difficulty because we can't pitch. Do you want to go to Houston and win a, a, a championship? Do you want to go to, I don't know, Texas, win a championship? 
because we're kind of at an impasse right now. But I think a lot of people view that as giving up. I view it as I've got a huge, one huge asset that I don't know is going to be an asset a year from now. And I need pitching badly. Mm-hmm. So I'm trading him. If he'll waive his no-trade clause. If he tells me to get bent, I'm going to be here for the next year and a half. There's nothing I can do. Hands are tied. Okay, I get it. I just I, I think this team wholeheartedly believes that they will win the division next year. I think you're right, With Marshall. Paul Goldschmidt a part of that. I think well, right. I think they've almost made that clear at this point. Yes. Yeah, yeah they've got no pitching, but they're going to win the division next year. I, but I agree with you they, with what you're saying. I would be shocked if they still think they can win the division this year. <laughs> I want to be shocked. Call. Could you imagine if they, if like, the well, only you know, trade we, they make was like Montgomery? They hold know, on to everybody else. I think that if we, you know, we trade some of our pieces, you know, we really like what we had heading into the year. We really like our options. Yeah. You know, we have so many different versatile players. We have infielders that can play the outfield. We have pitchers that can. <laughs> we really can like catch. our flexibility. Internally, our catchers can play left field, but, you know. The future of our pitching position is there. I love it. We think if we have three catchers mm. on the roster, we can put them in the infield and they yeah. can block balls They'll so they don't great. go out into the outfield mm. with the soft contact. Mm. They can put their body in front of the ball. It's amazing. All right, it's Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. When is the lineup coming out? Never. You're always ticking me off. Uh, if we if we do the lineup game, great. We'll play beat the streak. If not, uh, and I really think that Ollie's just if flat out If we don't get the lineup us. game in the next couple of minutes... I say we just create our own lineup. Deal. Plus, what's uh, what you missed next? One on one ESPN. What's trending? We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on One on One ESPN. Since Ali is uh, purposely trying to screw us here in the fast lane by not releasing the lineup, we thought it might be fun to just do our own lineup, a fast lane lineup. Yeah. All right, boys, let's do this. Thank you, Marsh. You and I are on the same page there. All right, so with no lineup out, are we guessing what the lineup is? I think we should guess what the well, lineup is. We're not really is. guessing, Anthony. We are educated in this field of baseball. I mean, I'm the baseball guy, and Very you're not true. far off. I'm the soccer guy. <laughs> All right, so Ryan Nelson is uh, is pitching tonight for Arizona, the right-hander, Jamie. So, who do you think is leading off? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> who has it been, Lars Newtbar? Yeah, the Newt. Let's go with the Newt. I mean, he's untouchable. Might as well bat him lead off. That's right. He's part of this foundational four. Yeah. Show us the Newt. <laughs> One, two, three. I'm grinding. I'm grinding. <laughs> yeah. I really just wanted to hear that. This is the best. Uh, we're not going to be wrong. No, we're not. Unless so let's write these down. Us. By yeah. the way, since this isn't the actual lineup game, all the sounders are being played. Today. Yeah, yeah, baby. That, all right. Because uh, we might not have any sounders after yesterday's game. Mm, right. All of that that's, is quite possible. Ooh, that's mm. tough. That reality just hit me in the face. Yeah, that like reality. Like a Paul Goldschmidt home run. Show us Paul Goldschmidt. Look at you. Gold. Rich with gold. Gold. Look 
that. UConn, UConn Cornelius yes. himself. Okay. Right. Anthony, who's, who have you got in the three hole here? <sighs> it's a right-handed pitcher. This should be easy for you. Unless, well, for me, it's Gorman. Well, he's got a little back tightness the other day there. You know, he had to sit Yeah, he's been off 14 Taylor days Modern. in a row. Taylor Waters. Nolan Gorman. Oh, my. There's a storm coming, Ari. That's right. All right, I'm getting this guy off his feet. Uh, he's been... <laughs> <laughs> he probably is. No! That's usually no, what Wayne happens. Wayne's on the bump. We're putting in all yeah, our big boppers. We're going to need Arnado some run can, support. Arnado okay? can have the day off tomorrow. We're going to need some run support. Yeah. I, I mean, just insurance runs. Okay. What? Uh, Anthony, I don't know if I like the way you did that. <laughs> this is your guy. Go ahead. Show us Nolan Arnado. Nolan is a security guard at the Lumberyard. All right. All right, in the five hole. It's Big Willie. Oh, yeah. You know it. Yeah. Big Willie in the five hole. Contreras. Good call. Thank you. This one goes out to all the Big Willies. Wilson, are you naked? No, Tim, I'm wearing a hat. (laughs) 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 Oh, yeah, that was awesome. That's new. Is that home improvement? Yeah, uh, that's, that's incredible. New and I love it. All right. Uh, six. Walker? Oh, yeah. Should we walk it like it's hot? <laughs> Show walk, us. Walk it on sunshine. Walk it like it's hot. Walk it like it's hot. Walk it like it's hot. There we go. We're not even paying attention to positions right now, although it doesn't nah, matter. Why, w- why would we? Exactly. They, if they don't pay attention, then we yeah. don't have to pay attention. Uh, okay. <clears throat> I actually am, Jamie. I got us. No, you don't. I do. No idea. Well, Herrera's out. We know that. Yeah. I think it's Paul DeYoung, seven. What about Tyler O'Neill? Yeah, Tyler O'Neill. I like the Canadian bacon. Show us, T.O. My fingers hurt. Oh, well, now your back's going to hurt. Is you just pull landscaping duty. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> If you don't get the reference, <laughs> so good. Uh, just look at Tyler O'Neill's history the last two years. <laughs> okay. Uh, now it's forever de young. Yes. Show us. Paul De Young. <laughs> Is this uh no Donovan doesn't play in the outfield anymore. No, yeah, you can't. I mean, you get DH. Yeah, but how many outfielders do we have right now? No, it's got to be Dylan Carlson. No, oh no, we got O'Neill. We've got Newt. Newt we got Walker. O'Neill and Walker. Okay. Gore, Gorman is our second, second baseman. baseman. Contreras. Yeah, I oh, think we it's do need a DH. Brendan Donovan. So we got Donovan ninth. Yeah. We did him dirty. Yeah, we did. What? I don't like that. You want to switch Newt Bar and Donovan? No, Newt's part of the. Core. <laughs> Could have Walker be the DH since we were talking about it all day long. No, we can't. Yeah, you can. You put Carlson, oh, Carlson, in Carlson here. Let's yeah. do that. Okay. All right. Show us <laughs> Dylan Carlson. Dylan Carlson. Carl Carlson. Carl Carlson. Carl Carlson. <laughs> I don't know what that from. from the Simpsons. Is it? I don't know how good we did now, Anthony, looking at this debacle. Well, I like what we did. We have the Newt in right. We've got Goldie oh, yeah. at first. We got Gorman at second. We got Arnado at third. We got Contreras at center. 
Walker's our DH. Contreras a catcher. A uh, catcher. Excuse me. Yeah, that's how I'm in center field. I'm sorry. We've been talking about sending the infielders into the outfield so much. It just got embedded in my brain. Uh, Walker, DH. Uh, O'Neal is in left. DeYoung is at short. And Carlson's in center. That's right. a winning lineup for Wayno. Hey, so this is this is not the uh, actual lineup game. Uh, we can play this. I love it. You're welcome, St. Louis. Yeah. Okay. Uh, should we play the Homer Derby game? Yeah, we better Might hurry as well. up, though. Yeah. Yeah, Marsh. Yeah, why not? Why, you why know, wouldn't you great. want to play? Why not? What, if you pick a guy that doesn't make the lineup, that's on you. Back, 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 back. Good call, Jamie. This is hilarious. I don't believe what I just saw. Home run. Okay. Uh, Jamie, you have honors, oh, man. I do. Yeah, because okay. you're you're crushing it. All right. Well, this guy should be well rested. Uh, I like this. R.L. Chalk himself, Paul Goldschmidt. Good call. Going back to the Diamondbacks. He wants to inflict some pain. Nice. He hated all of his teammates. What? No, he didn't. That I just very nice. I, I just. I don't even know if he knows these guys. <laughs> he probably doesn't. I got Goldie. All right. I'm going to take Tyler O'Neill because he's going to be in the lineup. He's going to be in the lineup every day moving forward mm. until August 1st. You're just hoping he runs into one here soon, aren't you? Uh, that's correct. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Before he gets hurt. Uh, Marshy. Yeah, I'm going to go with the man got? of the day. I'm going to go with Taylor Motter. Okay. Um, now, he wasn't in our lineup. He wasn't in the lineup. Yeah. No, that doesn't mean he won't be in the real lineup. Okay. All right, might get enough. a pinch hit, Anthony. That's true. You never right. know. Yeah. Uh, actually, no, I'm going to go with Nolan Gorman. Oh, I was adding in modern for you there. And you don't know if Gorman's going to be in there. No. I don't know, but he hit like a 800-foot home run the other day. So here's that's, what where, I'll do. that's where the back injury may have occurred. Anthony, maybe. here's what we'll do yeah. for Andrew. Okay? And I think it's an even swap. If Nolan Gorman is injured, we'll give you Taylor Motter. That's perfect. Okay? I think that's fair. That's perfect. I hit on Paul DeYoung the other day. Tomato, tomato. Okay, that's the way I look at it. Tomato, tomato. I like that. <laughs> wow, Jamie. So Honestly, bad. this lineup game doesn't even matter anyways. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Anthony, your turn quick. You modder <laughs> blanker. <laughs> what is the show over? Uh, out of here. All right, let's do some uh, <laughs> criticisms. <laughs> let's do some criticisms and some compliments. Well, all right, we got a few now. here. Uh, from a 314, what a sloppy gauntlet. Get it cleaned up for tomorrow. Looking like Alec Burleson in the field. Oh, wow. Poor Burley. That guy's been wow. chugging, too. Yeah, he has. Yes, yes. Absolutely. Uh, uh, we got a, I don't know if you call this a criticism or a compliment. This is from Sam on our YouTube uh, chat. Anthony kind of looks like Mo. What? Hmm. I don't look like Mo. I don't wear glasses. Or a bow tie. Or a bow tie. Yeah. Uh, from the 573, boys, the attitude on this show right now is turned all the way up to volume 10. Yeah, thank you. Hmm. We appreciate that. It it matters to us great. Oh, there it <laughs> is. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of use Marshy's, though. That's all right. At least you used it. Even recycled jokes are funny. I I waited, right? I waited. Kind of. Kind of. About 30 seconds. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And last one here. 
You guys need to do a PSA and let the idiots know that the left lane is for passing. Just because you're going 10 over does not mean you need to stay in the left lane to pass and you get over. Yes. I think you just gave that PSA. All right, that'll do it for us. We've got instant replay coming up. Uh, We're going to be at Centene tomorrow, so looking forward to that. For Jamie Rivers, Andrew Marsh, and Anthony Stalter, see ya. You've been listening to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.